0: Tune in to The Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.
1: Yes, indeed. As the old movie used to say, the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming. and had more to do with an invasion of Scotland, if I remember correctly. But uh, we've got them, or we will have them. Off the Irish coast, off the core coast, for crikey's sake, and also, of course, on the Ukraine border. So that's very interesting. The front of this morning's mail says Russia to hold war games off our coast. And when I say our coast, I am talking about the core coast. And Simon Coveney is none too happy about it. They certainly are not welcome. So the Russian artillery, uh, naval artillery, will be drilling... About 240 kilometres off the southwest coast of Cork from the 5th of February to the 8th of February. They'll be firing guns and stuff. Uh, and that's just not on. Now, it is international waters, but it's still waters that are technically within Irish controlled airspace and also our exclusive economic zone. So you wonder why, in the name of God, they can't do it off their own coast. Some are saying that it's all about uh, this military exercise, that it's a ploy to position itself at the back door of Europe. So you got the back door of Europe on one side with regards to the car coast and then over in the Ukraine, other stuff going on. And there's a fear of war there, of course. So there's a lot going on internationally and not so internationally uh, off the core Coast as well in the next fortnight. You heard in the news there about, legisl- this is interesting now because this legislation they're talking about makes the papers this morning. I see it in the mirror today. New legislation uh, will give employees a right to request working from home but if you read into the detail that's all it is. It's just a request to be allowed to work from home It's not permission uh, It doesn't mean that your employer has to sign off or give you the right to work from home. But at least you'll have the legal right to request it, apparently. So this new bill actually doesn't make it law to work from home. Just to be able to ask whether or not you can work from home. And it's up to the employers then to decide as to whether it suits or not. But how would it suit? I'd love to chat with people who think it's a good idea or a bad idea. And throughout the course of the morning, your texts are welcome. Text 104 106 Some of the upsides I could see actually is the WF. In one way, you'd have more money in your pocket because you wouldn't be spending as much burning fuel in motor cars. And of course, you wouldn't have a lot more with regards to eating out or buying lunch or things like that. Going for cappuccinos or frappuccinos or whatever is your thing. And you probably wouldn't be spending as much as clo- on clothing or looking your best or feeling that you had to look your best. You know, that's for men and for women. Although men don't have as much hassle in the makeup department. So there's some of the upsides. But one of the downsides is that you're probably going to be burning an awful lot more fuel at home. You'll have a lot more lights on and uh, the heating will be on an awful lot more. So who's going to pick up the tab on that? I suppose if it, it could also mean that there might be less childcare issues. Way back in the day, of course, little babbies were thrown into a playpen or as We called it the playpen. It was like a prison, (laughs) like square in shape with bars all around the side of it. (laughs) The kids couldn't go anywhere. (laughs) You just sat in there all day and played with whatever bit of a toy or a teddy bear you had. But that's the deal on that one. So your thoughts are welcome. But they also talk in the Examiner today that the price of petrol has gone up by 27%. And diesel's gone up by 24% when you compare now and say 22 months ago. So workers set for a return to the office this week and people are drifting back. You're going to notice a hefty increase in your fuel costs week in, week out for your daily uh, commute back and forth. Uh, Certainly at least a 30% increase on say before you went to work if you haven't been for 22 months. So in some cases, 32% uh, in one year alone. If you look at the last year, Absolutely nuts, the cost of it. It's still way up in the 170 odds with regards to unleaded in some petrol stations. Now, if you look around, you'll see a 167 and a 168 in places, but you have to shop around when you think of it. It all adds up. And a story that we dealt with on the air last week, people were asking questions, this €100 Euro off your electricity bill. Well, that will happen now, apparently, by the end of March. It was supposed to be the end of January, then they were talking about February, then they were talking about early March, now it's late March. I don't know Why? Um, that's what they're talking about. So it's probably going to be the February, March bill, I suppose, don't you think? Uh, but it's a story that makes this morning's Irish Times and it'll be all householders in the state, regardless of how you pay your ESP or your electricity. One of the things about the pandemic is that it showed a big decrease in the amount of sexually transmitted diseases down by 33, 34 percent, apparently. Uh, across the state I guess people just weren't getting out and weren't meeting each other but one guy who's been meeting everybody or at least it seems like as if everybody in Downing Street has been absolutely partying all the way through like Marie Antoinette uh, to let me cake Boris Johnson in another row yet another one regarding a surprise birthday party uh, that was uh, you know was a surprise party that was put on by his wife for himself. It was his birthday and they had a big event right in the middle of lockdown and there's more and more criticism. I don't know what the hell is going to happen with that guy. Uh, but our own politicians then are surveyed in the Echo today and they're asked some very interesting questions uh, as to whether or not they have ever been threatened. Uh, like, There's something in the region of, the, I think I read the figure there in, in one of the papers this morning, it's like 161 different public representatives in Cork alone. I mean, you're talking about 18 TDs and three senators and four MEPs and 55 county councillors, 31 city councillors, 111 elected representatives in total. And the questions that were asked were, have you ever received a threat on your life uh, on online or by telephone? Nearly 20% of them said yes. Have you ever received a threat of physical violence online or by telephone? 30% of them said yes. Very, very worryingly, have you received threatening or abusive messages? 52 of them said yes, which is a very high figure. Uh, and they actually could chat with some of the elected politicians nationally and locally, including the Minister for Public Expenditure, Michael McGrath, who's quite open and honest about it. I'll give some of those answers across the morning this morning. But it's um, another story that we dealt with yesterday, and we talked with Carlo Radio on this one, is um, Pader Doyle, uh, who is the nephew of the late um, uh, Declan Hawney. Um, he didn't realize, he said, sorry, Pader Doyle is the man who died, my apologies. And Declan Hawney is one of the lads who brought him to the post office, not realizing that he was unwell. Um, in fact, he says that he was still alive, when they dressed him and brought him to the post office. Not everybody agrees with that, of course, and even the staff in the post office were, um, reporters have said that the man was dead standing at the counter. So he's photographed in the papers today carrying his um, uncle had uh, to the graveside and there was mourners there at the service for the 66-year-old pensioner. It's a very, very bizarre story um, because they, or earlier on, had tried to get the pension without the uncle, were refused it, went home, got the uncle and brought him to the post office. Um, talking about 66 years of age, I don't know whether that's middle age. I actually don't know what is middle age because bi- biologically, you know, your, your body and your age do not add up. They just don't marry up anymore. But if you are a middle-aged man, whatever that is, the male says, you want to be worried man because if you're a warrior in middle age it's very bad for your health particularly with regards to heart disease strokes and type 2 diabetes as you get older we kind of know that if you're not minding yourself you're going to have a lot more issues with the body in the health department but I suppose the thing about it is as you're getting older the idea is to worry about less things there should be less things to worry about in your life and I hope that's the case with you guys you heard there of a a real life chitty chitty bang bang need to be careful saying that live on air chitty chitty bang bang it's a new motoring car that can drive along on the roads and in seconds take to the sky now you want to be careful who's left and right of you before you put the wings down but when they're down off you go you'll go up 8,000 feet you'll have a high speed of 100 miles per hour. I have no idea what the cost of it is, but the air car, which transforms from a four wheel motor into an aircraft. In like minutes. It's passed safety tests with flying colours. And soon it will be on our roads apparently. And it will be a regular sight in the skies uh, for the London to Paris trips they're saying. Allowing a pilot and a passenger to roll off the runway straight onto the road. You could actually go anywhere in it. I mean maybe we should all just skip the electric car you know. Those of us who are thinking about moving from petrol to diesel to electric. Maybe we should just skip the electric and just, just jump straight to the air car. Oh, oh, but hold on, I know. It's probably going to cost an astronomical amount of money. (laughs) And clearly, you'd have to get a pilot's license first. And for those of you that like your Maccy D's, your McDonald's, and if you've been a fan of the past of the Big Mac, you might be interested to know that you can get not a Big Mac and fries alone, but you can get a Big Cluck and fries now, which is the Chicken Big Mac. The equivalent of the Big Mac but not with the beef, instead with the chicken. So it comes in at 544 calories which is about 35-40 calories more than the Big Mac. You want to be careful of that if you had the the big cluck and fries. Uh, the big large fries would be hundreds and hundreds of calories. And God knows if you had a, a soft drink or a shake with it, you could be up around a thousand or twelve hundred. But there it is, nonetheless, soon to go on sale in McDonald's. They never stop, do they? They're always thinking of new ideas. The Neil Prenderville Show. Ah, yes, and there was a man who couldn't stop yesterday. Stephen Lynch and his partner Vicky were nicely getting ready, probably around this time yesterday morning, to take Vicky to the CUMH to have a babby. And things was going grand, sorry, it was Sunday, things were going grand, and then all of a sudden things started to happen a little bit faster than they had expected. Happy to say that Stephen's joining me by phone to pick on the story. Morning, Daddy! <laughs> morning, Neil, how are you? I'm grand. So, Sunday morning, what time?
2: <laughs> um, Sunday morning, it was kind of, that's your own lunchtime really, things started to kind of pick up. Alright, and, um, and you live where? We live in Frankfield, so we're very close to okay. the hospital really. Okay. And were there, were there labour pains, or what was the deal? Yeah, no, they kind of were on and off, I suppose, from Friday. And then they were kind of maybe good gaps of three to four hours between the contractions and things. So we were kind of not too worried. And then from one o'clock Sunday, they really picked up. So um, she was in the back now and doing the TENS machine and all the rest of it. Don't, doing the, I, sorry, doing the what? The TENS machine. It's um a pad you put in the back to kind of help with the contractions. Excellent. So it's, uh, Excellent. All that stuff. Mm. And, um, yeah, just, I suppose... From the half five, then they really picked up. So I rang domino scheme in C M H, and we were kind of getting ready to go then. And you rang the I CUMH. thought there for a second
1: you rang Domino's for a pizza or something. You rang.
2: Domino's are a scheme in the with the midwives that um kind of the aim to get the mother and child home as soon as possible and try to do it without painkillers. Gotcha. Which, which happened anyway, I suppose. Yeah. Well, you see,
1: I'm just asking these questions because I'm way out of touch. So thank
2: you for letting me know. All right, sure. carry on. So um, yeah, I suppose we got out of the back we were getting dressed and trying to get down the stairs and things really started ramping up more and more got into the back of the car and as we were getting down the hill Vicky was saying no he's, it's coming it's coming and between I suppose the slip road where the bridge two bridges before the stairs be rolling about uh, the baby came and Vicky delivered him herself and up into the arms and thank god everything was alright oh man uh, in the passenger seat uh, no in the back seat wow that oh. was fast yeah, it was. It went from kind of being slow and steady to very, very fast, very, very quickly. And you're
1: like in the front seat, kind of trying to keep an eye on the road, looking in the rear mirror, making sure she was okay. You must have been up to 90 as well.
2: I was, but um, in fairness, no, Vicky was an absolute warrior. So I was very proud of her, like she just did. Absolutely amazing, so not delighted with her. And uh, thankfully, now we have uh, another baby boy to add to the family. <laughs> in great health <laughs> Um but I mean have been a bit, bit worried though at one stage yeah oh definitely but you know to, I suppose keep calm while I was talking to Vicky in the back but uh, <laughs> what were you saying oh just well done everything's grinding just put him up next year, and we we'll, we we'll get to the hospital ASAP but uh, <laughs> we got there and in fairness now the staff in CUMH are do you call ahead or, or what happened next Um I I was in I suppose it's the a link, there's nowhere to pull over there. So I just said to Vicky, will I stop or will I go? And she said, just go. And uh, yeah, we just kept going. It was kind of too late to be calling ahead at that stage. We were after calling a half light, So then you were around the way. Yeah. But um, I, I don't think they were expecting us to come in the way we did. <laughs> so did, you, did the three of you walk in the door? I ran in. I, just, I could barely uh, put words together, but I flagged down a nurse and got on to reception. And in fairness, now the staff were out within two minutes. <laughs> And they were delighted. They said, "Look, everything's fine." So they brought her down into the emergency ward. Told me go parent to care, which was <laughs> difficult enough after that. But um, <laughs> yeah, not everything was grand.
1: Not a bother in the world.
2: No, it worked out well. Now, in fairness, I collected it all by two o'clock yesterday. She was home. So you're joking me? In and
1: out in less than twenty four hours? That's got to be some kind. Is that normal now? Is that some sort of a record?
2: And with the dominoes, they t- do try to get you back within within the day really, like they kind—they of, keep you in for minimum 6 hours to check everything, in. but once mother and baby are fine and you're ready to go, they'll send you home.
1: And is this a new initiative, the idea to um, get in and out as fast as possible, no
2: painkillers, is it? I think it's been going on a while now, yeah. um, you would have to speak to Domino scheme really to find out more, but um, our first son, and as well, he was born the same way, but he was uh, a bit longer, we were in hospital for about 2 days with him I'd say, it's not true. God,
1: and you hear of people inside in the labour ward for ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five hours. Not a bit of that for Vicky. No, not not the second one anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what the, what's his name? The little baby. Name him Connor. So Connor and Rian And what, what did he yeah. weigh in at A
2: uh, six pound thirteen. All right, so nice, long a, long. nice, no, a tidy size, yeah. Yeah, no. In fairness, he's <laughs> he's perfect. All fingers and toes in there. <laughs>
1: I just imagine you, the Sarsfield roundabout driving along, Vicky in the back giving birth to a baby and all of the traffic around you, not an idea what's going on, unless they
2: probably got, a look at the, got to see the look on your face. <laughs> yeah, I'd say we had some look on our faces, right in fairness, but then um, oh <laughs> it was dark anyway. at least. Yeah, yeah. so
1: you had to go and tell all your friends and family then, what did they make of the story?
2: Oh, they think it's amazing as well and... I think Vicky's amazing and just surprised like, what women's bodies can do. It's Isn't it? Crazy. I it think.
1: certainly is, man, what they can do and how quickly. Absolutely. I won't go into the details of the car, but <laughs> you, say, you did say something about that it needs a valet,
2: is it? <laughs> oh, I've, I've done my best that I could clean up before I went to collect them, but um, yeah, I'll probably have to get a valet in with some stage there. Right? <laughs> so if, <laughs> if we
1: get someone from a valet company reaching out to do the interior uh, and indeed also the bodywork. Would you be okay with that? I'd be happy with that now. Thanks okay. very much. <laughs> okay. Well, it's not so much for you. It's for the arrival of beautiful baby Connor. <laughs> thank you very much. Not, not the hey, first time I've here. had a story like this, actually, Stephen. I mean, some years back, we had a couple who gave birth on the Kinsale Road roundabout. What is it with roundabouts and corks and babies arriving early? know <laughs>
2: right, it swings and turns, I suppose.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, listen, congratulations and welcome to the little family. There's four of you now. Nice number. Yeah four of you now and happy out listen um, if a valet company comes on to me and I'm quite sure one will will so- ah, they have already <laughs> the Vive, revive me car wash and valeting would love to do a complimentary valet of the car for you alright brilliant thank you very much so thank you to everybody at revive me car valet listen stay in touch and uh, congratulations welcome to baby connor a great story I'm glad it worked out so well Stephen
2: yeah, thanks
1: very much, Neil. Okay, See stay you. there. We'll give, you, right. we'll give details to Brenda. We can get the car sorted for you and it'll be spanking new and shiny and clean. Thank you so much. Car companies are the business. Revive me, car wash and valeting. Where are they, incidentally? Do we know? If anybody's getting a car valet, you should support them because they support... Oh, I know them. The, the Marina Commercial Park. Well done to them. Down the Marina. Thanks, guys. Uh, back after the break. Great story. Congratulations to Vicky, to Stephen... Uh, to brother Rian and the arrival of little baby Connor.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show,
1: on Twitter at Neil Red FM, And you can text 0868104106 just as a by the by. We're talking about the last 22 or 23 months. There is some very good news when you compare year on year and I was reading a press release yesterday that said that there was 25,695 new company startups in 2021. And when you look at the figure before the pandemic. That's an increase of 13% on 2019 numbers. And compared to 2020, it's up 17% on company startups from 2020 to 2021, 17% up, nearly 26,000 new company startups in Ireland last year. And that's an incredible figure. And it's a very brave figure, a brave thing to do in the middle of a pandemic. And Cork and Dublin, of course, were the places where the biggest startups were. After that, it was Galway and Kildare. I suppose Galway, uh, because it's just a great place to live and it's probably got great broadband and what have you and a good road infrastructure in Kildare because it's probably adjacent Uh, to Dublin, but Cork's done really well out of this. And the company's actually... That led the charge with regards to startups or legal accounting and those in the business sector now the business sector is very broad, I suppose, but I think that 's great news. I was just thinking about it. if there are new setups on lease side, say this year, or you set up a new business uh, during the pandemic or maybe last year, share it with me. let me know, but i will tell you what I will do uh, if you just if you could share your new company startup or the business that you started up on my instagram page it'll give me a chance to check them out over the next few days myself at home and and go through them and, uh, we'll give you plugs and give you a shout out on the air. So if you're a new startup, you could be one of the 20, nearly 26,000 new company startups last year. Just get in touch with me on my own Instagram page. Give me a few deets, not a whole lot, just what you set up and what the plan is. And we'll give you shout outs in the coming days just to give you a little bit of a boost because, uh, you know, it's a brilliant thing to do uh, during a pandemic, and well done to everyone and anyone that did start up a business. A lot of texts over the last twenty-four hours or so, particularly on yesterday's program, and one or two include electric cars. Some of us are slow to make the jump. We want to, uh, but you know, you're st- you know whether it's just the traditionalist in in me. Anyway, Ireland is not ready, Neil, for electric cars. People don't do any research before purchasing one. The salesman makes you believe you're helping the environment. When the truth is that 90% of the electricity in Ireland still comes from burning fossil fuels, no wind there, you'll be doing the same damage to the environment as petrol and diesel cars. Also, the batteries in these cars are full of chemicals, and when disposed of, they do even more damage to the environment. We just aren't ready for electric cars. I know what you're saying. I've heard that before. I think you're on the money there. Aren't they saying that really electric cars will come into their own when there are solar solar panels built into it like say where the roof of your car is actually a solar panel and you won't need those big, I don't think you would need, or maybe you would still need the batteries, I don't know. Morning, how many apartment blocks are constructed in Ireland? These are only one premises that would not be able to have electrified charging points for every electric car. So what would these people do if all cars had to be electric? Says Philip in the city. I trialed an electric car years back. Um, now, I only trialed it for four or five days because I kind of had enough of it at that stage. Uh, But back then, one of the reasons was uh, the charging points were all broken when I'd pull into places or you'd be inside in town trying to find one, particularly on the mail. Now, I'm sure there's a lot more now than there were back then. And the post office death regarding the bizarre case of the elderly man in the post office. The guy, the nephew who said, I'm not stupid. He was alive when I brought him in. May not think he's stupid, but the evidence would suggest otherwise, wouldn't it? Either way, the guardie must investigate. Either they're guilty of maltreatment of a dead body or attempted social welfare fraud, or if his version of events is to be believed, it could be argued that his actions caused the death of the unfortunately elderly man. Uh, we shall have to wait and see, says Ritchie and Toker. We certainly will. And then lots on um, easing restrictions. I'd say the A&E departments were full of sprains, strains and pulled muscles, with people having forgotten How to bust the move, stumbling around the dance floors of the city at the weekend like a herd of newborn deer, says Richie in Toker. Yeah, not like John Travolta, more like Bambi, I suppose, on the dance floor. But that's quite interesting, actually, because with people back um, over the weekend, not everybody is happy and it's not all rosy in the garden. Certainly when you talk about people not being able to bust a move or stumbling around the dance floor or bumping into people, let Brendan pick up on that story. Brendan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good, my man. It's about having respect for musicians and disc jockeys, uh, particularly after what you witnessed or some of the stories you heard over the weekend. Is it Brendan? Yeah.
3: Yes, absolutely. You know, and um, I just want to say congratulations to Steve and Vicky on the work that I've done, Connor. It's um, <laughs> a lovely story. You could have a welcome um, home gig in the house for them. Are you in a band or are you a jock or, or what? Uh, A bit of everything, actually. Uh, I mean, a few bands and a solo artist, um, um, singer-songwriter. The list goes on. You know yourself.
1: (laughs) You said in your correspondence Um, with me, this weekend alone, another musician was put into a position where he didn't feel comfortable. A drunk, irresponsible gowl falling (coughs) over the large stage box set in front of the band um, Mm -hmm. and tearing... What, did he tear down the mic or did he fall over the equipment?
3: well he fell over the whole entire equipment you know these stage boxes are put in front of the, any musician or any band that's lucky enough to have them to before some of these boxes and some of these road cases they're, they're put in front of the stage for a reason is to keep the punters away from the stage for their safety and if you bump against a microphone like it happened to another musician there again only two weeks ago um, in, the same, in the same venue actually um, <laughs> a punter bumped up against his microphone and knocked one of his teeth you know um, oh man you're not serious and that's not the first time I witnessed that. I was on stage inside another venue in Cork one time and it happened to another friend of mine, you know, front two missing again, you know. Because you got, got hit with the mic head, was it? Yeah, people would be out dancing on the dance floor and that's absolutely no problem at all. I, I think I speak for every musician when we say we welcome dancers, but you have to keep a little bit of a distance for the band, you know, because if you bump up against a microphone, and it happens nearly every night, if you bump up against a microphone, people don't realise that's a big round piece of metal in front of your mouth. Bang. And if you bump up against us, you're going to knock someone's tooth out, you know. People don't know that, you know. Um. And this guy, this drunk, irresponsible gal,
1: did he have a pint in his hand? Did it end up in the gear or did it end up in the desk and thing?
3: Uh, I'm not too sure about that. But, but it does happen, doesn't it? And that many times as well. It does, of course, you know. That's another topic, people. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see a small bit of a change since we're coming back to normality now, you know. I'd like to see a little bit of respect and a bit of decorum. I think I speak for every musician to say we're after spending thousands of euros on gear and gear to try to get back into the scene here again. Things have dried up, you know, things just so some of the gear just isn't working anymore, you know, it's just it's been dried up, it's been in storage, just after getting get damp, you know. So a, a lot of our gear isn't working anymore. So what do you do? Do you do back on the road? Do you
1: play guitar? Do you use backing tracks? Yes. Do you do you have no, a mixing desk for tunes back
3: back. or what? Yes. Oh uh, yeah. Um, for, me, for me, yeah, I use a mixing desk all the time. You know, um, I, only once I've had the occasion where a girl and a hen might put a, a pint over my desk. Why um, right. boards? are another thing that would go. You know, oh, why, 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 why? It's it's just drunkenness. You know, there's no security at the stage. There's you try you try to box yourself in the best you can, and it doesn't matter. I mean. It's just always happens. You know, you're on top of the stage, uh, a, a girl or a guy, whatever, they just have a drink in their hand, they'll come up. Well, mind you, you're halfway singing a song, and they try to request a song or speak to you, and they get odd, and you don't answer them. Um, <laughs> that, that one happens, please.
1: You're singing into a and microphone, more- <laughs> and you're playing the guitar, and they get odd because you won't have a conversation with them. You're not a ventriloquist, and mu- like.
3: <laughs> and Neil, one step further. <laughs> it happened a dozen times, where... It, a person would put a hand up on top of your hand for me to stop playing guitar half with you the song.
1: On your plectrum <laughs> hand, like? Yes. <laughs> Are they invented or what?
3: You know, look, the way I, the way I see it is, you know, you, you can't force someone to respect you, but you can refuse to be re- disrespected. And you know, where there's no mutual respect, there's bound to be trouble, you know.
1: Saw a video of a guy. I don't know whether it's you or not doing the um, the guitar solo yeah, for uh, mean, Prince. Yeah, um, yeah, is that you? What happened? What happened in that video clip? Like
3: the that purple, again, you, know, you know, the purple a, rain
1: guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah.
3: What that's happened just, there? It's it's just like every other night, you know. Um, I I if you did ten gigs, I guarantee out of them about six gigs that was that's going to happen. It's becoming more of a problem. It's, it's just getting ridiculous. Some enough. fella it's fall just, on
1: top just, of him or something or knock over a
3: speaker. Yeah, you know, um, going back a couple of weeks ago, we were lucky to to do a gig when things kind of opened up a small bit and they closed back down again. And uh, a girl jumped up, she joined us on stage, which is a big no-no for every band. I mean, if anybody's listening and you just don't go on the stage with the band, so yeah, you can yeah. follow up cable, yeah. you can get go- electrocuted. You, know, you, you can, can blame
1: Bruce Springsteen for that. Forever invite. <laughs> you can blame you too for bringing people up onto the stage. Yeah. And a and girl stood
3: on top of the speaker and straight through it, you know?
1: Oh, man. I mean, it's good to be back and it's good to be gigging. It's great. But you have to draw the line somewhere. A little decorum. Bu- you see, when the drink's in, maybe yeah. people aren't used to being out in so long. Mm-hmm. You know? They're just... Yeah. And they might, you know, this might be the first time that they're having a bit of high-octane fuel on the
3: dance floor and they just get overexcited. hmm I'll tell you, Neil, um, it was going back a couple of months ago again we we had, uh, lucky to have another gig when things opened up. We were inside in the nightclub and, um, the nightclub kept putting us back, you know, the usual crack, you know, kind of putting us back here, look, start another hour later, starting another hour later. And eventually, anyway, we got to the point, look, where we only had about an hour and a half left. So it was a quick gig. But like that, the place was full to capacity during COVID lockdown re- regulations to, to what the capacity was at that time. Mm. And there was a girl in there. And uh, several times, us, the band, we told her, you know, you have to get down from the stage. You have to get down from the stage. She wouldn't listen at all. So in this particular venue, you don't have room to, um, we'd have a, a bass bin on the ground and we'd have a, a speaker pole and a, a top speaker, you know? Dangerous. So yeah. um, Dangerous if you don't leave it alone. Yes. You know, and the, the biggest part about this is we, we weren't, um, we couldn't put our, our our poles on. So we had to stack the bins up on top of each other. So, so this girl decided um, for some particular reason, it was clever. During um during one of our perform we, we actually it was during the, the halftime break she climbed up on the stage and she climbed up on top of our speakers wearing six inch high heels um she was dancing up on top of the speaker and she fell backwards oh you no know, needles she was I I swear to God she was she was at least at least maybe six foot up off the ground lord dear um, on L- top that- of the stage as well mind you and, and like, she fell backwards
4: yeah
3: and the only thing that was behind her, he was a drum kit. <sighs> um, now, you can imagine all the metal spikes that are sticking up out of a drum kit. Luckily, I, bought, I didn't have the guitar man at the time and I managed to catch her. But if I didn't catch her, Neil, she would have been impaled. She would have been impaled.
1: And even if there wasn't a drum kit, she could have broken her neck, broken her back, broken yeah. her legs.
3: Easily, you know, and these are the things that we're facing, you know. The, we, we, we just want to go up and we want to do what we love. We like to, but we like a- to entertain people and... But why
1: aren't there yeah, the way, why aren't there door staff,
3: um, you know, or as we say, bouncers? On that particular night, Neil, on that particular night there was at least four secure he there that were watching him.
1: Just watching. Just watching. Yeah, no, that's not. A, you see, some people think that no. it's, and it, you know, we've seen it in the past where they're almost encouraged to <coughs> jump to stand, jump up, and dance on the bar counter. You know, and even that's dangerous if it's wet. you know what I mean? Of
3: course it is. Yeah.
1: Hang, it is. hang on there a second, Jamie. Hi Neil, how are you? Are you a performer, Jamie? What do you do? Um, I'm a performer and I also have a pub with my brother in law. Okay, you got the paddocks and cove, is it? That's that's right, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I'll come back to other aspects of it.
5: Do you have ever do you ever have issues like this? Um well in the paddocks we haven't so far because we haven't been able to let our hair down and let gigs get to that extent, but yeah. Gig and over the years, I mean, you could do four or five gigs, and you can only write a book after that. <laughs> you like, know, yep. see everything, like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing that I can say about that is when I jocked back in the day, and, and I did for years and years and years, there's always one, you know, I think you guys there will is, agree yeah. that will just wreck your head all night. And for us, for disc jockeys anyway, some of them would kind of get a bit abusive. And the usual line mm-hmm. that would break the bank in Monte Carlo was, um, Come here. Have you any good music? You know, that kind of a person. <laughs>
3: All right.
1: Yeah. Would, would yeah, you, if you guys... Have you any good look songs?
5: And look, and you can see who it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Usually when I get you, asked you that, I like like start playing walking. heavy metal. Do they still ask that. They do, Jimmy. <laughs> they do, yeah. And any time I get after <laughs> that, I just go straight to heavy metal, you know, and get rid of them straight away. So the Metallica, ACDC, and they leave you alone then for the oh, night.
6: Oh, man, would you
1: stop? Anyway, so the I idea...
5: Well, will, Jamie, in film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clear. You
1: clear? Yeah, but the idea is to fill the dance floor, not clear the dance floor.
5: <laughs> anyway, Jamie, I hear that your pub ran out of beer. Uh, we did on Saturday night, yeah. Yeah, we, um, we, were, we ran out Like we, we were stocked for let's say a usual January and then obviously places started cutting down on stock because we were closed at 8 o'clock so we were kind of saying if we had the nudge last Thursday that we'd be open late Saturday, Sunday, we would have been able to stock up but we just ran dry so we, we got stock back up Sunday morning so we were ready to go then again
1: So you had stock for Saturday that would take yeah. you up to about 8 o'clock or what have you but when they lifted then yeah. you found that you were short um, what did yeah. you run out of? Yeah.
5: Uh, kegs and spirits so unless people were willing to stick around and drink 7-Up Free and Club Orange all night that, that's all we could offer and you know? were they loyal to did they stay uh, no they <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they probably had other plans afterwards you know did they take you seriously when the
1: taps ran dry
5: uh, yeah, sure, they could see it themselves. We'd all, uh, we'd the levers pull down every tap, pull down just to show everyone, Let's there's, there's no beer left, unfortunately. Oh well, fortunately, yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather be missing and not looking at it sitting there for another few months, you know?
1: So. I don't think you were the only, I was getting my hair cut yesterday. You know the way you hear the fellow in the next chair inside in the barbers? And he was telling the barber the same story and he didn't mention anything to do with Cove. So other pubs, the pub he was in ran out of beer as well. There must have been one hell of a party going on Saturday night.
5: Yeah, it, it was great. Do you know what, Neil? It was kind of uplifting. It was great to see people with a smile on their face again enjoying themselves. There's a lot of people reconciling with each other because they haven't seen each other in a long time or else they've seen each other from the opposite end of the room and were maybe a bit apprehensive to to socialise with each other again. So it was great to see. It really was. It's fantastic. So you're stocked up now? We are full ready to go. Absolutely and ready to roar, roar on now. Is the paddocks a big spot? Um, it is a big enough pub and we're lucky because we're we're, it's actually the, the clubhouse bar in the Coal Pirates, you know, right? Uh, the rugby club. So we have plenty of outdoor space as well and we have a brand new outdoor area as well that's heated. So we're, uh, we're, we are blessed with space.
1: Actually, you know something? A lot of places did invest in the outdoors and it's going to stand to them now across the spring and the summer.
5: Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it, it, obviously it's on our cards you now to maybe um, maybe do it up a bit for, for the summer and it's heated as well. It, like, it was very appealing to people last summer. Uh, even when we were allowed to go back indoors, people still kind of hung around outside for a while because the weather was good. So hopefully we can utilise that there. Yeah, and do you do live summer.
1: music? Will you have jocks and will you have bands in and...
5: Yeah, so we since we came in, we've kind of had bands and DJs and and solo performers kind of more or less every week. So, and obviously with my background in in that side of things, that's something we want to drive on with. So we're looking forward now to see what the months ahead bring. You know, Did you play with a band? Was it? Uh, I did. I played with too many of them at one stage. I I used to. I was gigging full time up until COVID hit, and I kind of realised then right the bars are going to come back a lot quicker than the, than the musicians are. So that's when I, my brother in law planted the seed in my brain, and we decided to take over the pub. That's all very
1: well, but you'll miss the stage, you'll miss the music, won't you?
5: And you know what, Neil, it's only the last two or three weeks really since the talk of getting back out there that I'm actually starting to miss it. So um, maybe in two or three weeks' time now I'll start doing something more uh, more consistent. What do you do, do you sing,
1: do you play an instrument? Um, So I play guitar and sing and I play drums as well. Uh, Brendan, you're not looking for a guitarist or a drummer, are you?
5: oh I, I played with him <laughs> is, he any, is he any good or does
1: he talk the talk
3: oh he's unbelievable <laughs> right. As I, I, I would say behind when, when he's not listening I'd say he's a very interesting bunch of guys <laughs> anyway listen it's great to, It's great. Even I know it's not the greatest
1: conversation with people acting the fool but at least we're talking about pubs being open and bands and disc jockeys playing again right
3: Absolutely. Great to see you back Neil, you
1: know. Well, listen. You back, Good luck it's to both, both of you. Thanks for taking the call, guys. Great to chat. Thank you, Thank Jamie. You. Thank you, Brendan. Thank All you. the best. Thanks, Take care. Thank you. Back Bye. after Bye. the break. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Yeah, that's am kind of thing I'm talking about. Nearly 26,000 new company startups in 2021. So people were brave and they started the new companies. And, you know, I still talking about, you know, share your new company startup on my Instagram page. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. It doesn't have to be big, huge multinationals or tech companies. It's just somebody who decides to do something for themselves. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. My name is Michelle. I'm a registered midwife in Cork. After finding myself at home in Ballincollig in 2018 with three babies of my own, all under 18 months, I realized there was nobody around to give me help or come in and give me help or indeed to give me a break. So in April 2021, in the height of the pandemic, I set up my business, Maternity Nurse Cork. As my own babies are now in school, I have, I support new parents all over Cork, the most popular hours being 9 p.m to (laughs) 7am I can well imagine so mammies and daddies can get a night's sleep that's the kind of business startup that I love thank you Michelle she's uh, on Instagram herself and she shared on my Instagram page she's maternity nurse Cork so that's what I'm talking about more company startups please and we'll give you the old shout out Uh, morning Neil my daughter and granddaughter both tested positive last Monday week You know what they tested positive for. Don't ask me to say the word. They've been out of isolation since last Friday. But the HSC never notified the school that my granddaughter was out of uh, with the C. But my daughter did and she was told that the school couldn't send out a text to the parents of children in her class that there was a positive case in their class. My daughter keeps getting texts about her booster even though it's only a few days since she's clear. She's also been told that because she hasn't taken up the offer... Uh, she's only going to get the COVID payment for five days instead of 10. My brother got his booster last October and is still getting weekly texts to go for the booster. Why do I tell you all of this? Just as an example for you as to why those in the HSE authority are overpaid and the HSE is not fit for purpose. Uh, I'd like to say uh, that the A&E departments were full of sprains and uh, strains and pulled muscles after the carry-on of the weekend, says Richie, Uh, but there are other ones then. Did anybody... Yes, I did see this. Uh, I saw the Instagram post um, and I thought it was fantastic, whoever actually came up with the idea. It was um, a a photograph, if you like, of um, a bat, meatloaf, and the album cover of Bat Out of Hell. And he says, COVID in Ireland started with a bat out of hell and ended with a bat out of hell. I think it was brilliantly put. The bat out of hell, of course, being the bat in China and the bat out of hell at the end of COVID on the very same day, Many of our restrictions were lifted, Were of was, of course, the death of meatloaf. Uh, can, can it please be emphasised that although, as you keep telling people, life is slowly going back to normal, that does not give those who have tested positive the right not to follow the guidelines and not to isolate. I unfortunately happen to know people who are out and working with the public knowing they are positive. But it's okay, they say, because everything is open now. That, in fact, makes it worse because there's no distancing and no limits to capacity now, giving them the opportunity now to spread it even more. Uh, Morning, Neil. Radio stations need to stop the COVID ads a few times every hour. We're hearing way too many. Radio has a big part to play in some people's lives. You've spent the last two years constantly reporting on COVID along with constant, constant adverts. Radio needs to change. Not my area, to be quite honest with you. Um, Being a broadcaster, I don't involve myself in the commercial aspects of it. But I don't think that I spent two years constantly reporting on COVID. I think the whole idea was not to be constantly reporting on COVID. My daughter works in a bar in the city. Um, Stock that should have lasted a few days was gone in one night, Saturday. She said it was unbelievable. But the good thing was, instead of people going all along the bar like before, people were queuing up in a single file to the bar. Why? They were so used to queuing for everything. Yeah, they got so used to it. Uh, like you do actually you become accustomed to anything I was at our local in Turner's Cross Saturday night and it was fantastic for all the old fellows to sit at the bar and have the banter there were a lot of sore backs yesterday because they're not used to sitting on stools <laughs> I myself had the fear all day as we were so used to being home by 9pm and no hangover the next day it was a different story yesterday because we stayed out till closing time it was brilliant to see everyone out again and having the laughs you that's an amazing thing, isn't it? The fear the morning after. Morning, it's amazing that the end of COVID is celebrated by a return for many to continue their journey to alcoholism. More trouble on our streets, more people in hospitals, from alcohol poisoning, etc. Oh, it's great to see, Neil, the path to mayhem has returned. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Just a quick one this side at 10 o'clock when we talk of new business startups. Uh, Gerald Smith has Cork Motorhomes. I think they started up in the pandemic, I believe just, And actually, probably um, back in 2020 when we were really in the soup. Gerald, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Good. Um, now, so you started corkmotorhomes.com, wasn't it? Didn't we chat about that?
7: You did, yes, that's correct, yes. Last uh, year, sure, um, you contacted me and it was um, very helpful. And how was right.
1: the, how's it been? How did the summer go for you and the autumn? I mean, like really how many well campers have you got? How many motorhomes? Well, last year, what happened was we we start we, we could only start with the one
7: camper last year. It turned out because of unavailability of them <laughs> we had an incredibly difficult time getting getting even the one in on time which we did mm. but it, it turned out that last year being the first year anyway the one was fine so this year now we're um, aiming to have the second one on the road so um, it's going it's, it's, it really well these we, are uh, self drive uh, aren't they we
8: got it back in one piece <laughs>
1: <laughs> no pranks um, and everyone really enjoyed it did, you, did it go out all summer long oh it
7: did absolutely yeah it did it was um, It was.
1: oh my god I'm seeing i have seen photographs of it, it here it's, all it's absolutely stunning I mean that's got to be expensive oh my god
9: it's it, gorgeous it
7: is It is expensive now it is an expensive business to be fair and it's the sort of business that look it takes a couple of years because obviously you know repeat business will be good um, and it's a news, it's a 202 or 212 how much would that
1: cost out of the box
7: I well, have. You won't give us change over eighty thousand anyway. <laughs> wow, but you have yeah. that. Yeah, but you have it for life, though, don't you? Yes, you do. Well, I mean, it is, it is luxury travel. You know, it is very, very nice. I mean, obviously, you've, you know, you've got all nice showers and toilets and heating, and you know, you can use it all
1: winter long. Unbelievable! Yeah.
7: And it like, very,
1: very, nice. So, you obviously rent it out for a week or a, a fortnight. Is it around? Do people yeah. go around
7: Ireland, or did, did they? Did, a,
10: did they take the, the ferry?
7: Season, we did no, we just rented around Ireland, and as a matter of fact, it was, you know, mostly uh, local listeners to your station there, and, and people like that that uh, filled it for the summer. I love fact. it, so, I
1: love it. Years yeah, ago, I really, took it. A- really, really
7: good. It was, a, it was a bit of a buzz in it, you know, it was a bit of a kick out of it. It was, uh, it was nice meeting people when they come back, after being wherever they went, and of course, we got a bit of information then as well as to where to go and where, where, what to see. So, That's it, it really yeah. Was
1: and did you, have you set up strong on social media and stuff as well, online? very important yeah my
7: daughter does all that um, we are supposed to be fair we probably should put a little bit more on the social media but you know well she does the social media quite well but obviously th- things like um, the, the internet it can be expensive I know what you're saying and, and why that. were you having so trouble getting the motorhomes
1: in where were they coming from
7: well I think it was a little bit down to Brexit in the sense that the, the model we wanted the agent for them which is a bit strange was in Northern Ireland and it's the only agent for them so it turned out he had two of the exact models we wanted, but they were actually after coming into Northern Ireland via the UK.
1: Yeah, so that put a stop on it, did it?
7: That put a stop on them. And then when we did get one direct from Italy, um, when we brought it back right down to Cork, I discovered after driving out to Blarney that it wasn't straightforward to get it registered because there was no logbook. God. Um, so yeah, the worked. joys of it, man. The it's joys difficult. of it. Not recommended, I must say, to do it that that way. I probably wouldn't do it that way now. Yeah, it. I
1: know what you're saying, but you uh, have you have two now, and this is a good time for people to be thinking about maybe taking a motorhome holiday, would not it? Like a week or a fortnight. Exactly.
7: This, from now on, really, yes, people will be thinking about it. There was people have already booked, obviously, a repeat. Uh, people that have you know come back and they booked it straight away again almost but definitely from now on people I presume will be thinking of heading off okay there. well I, I
1: hear that our yeah. chat last year filled about 50% of your business so I'd encourage people <laughs> to it's a great holiday I never did it in <laughs> Ireland but I certainly did it in France twice and I loved every single day of it it was just fabulous in a motorhome um, what would it cost for a week
7: um, I, I think it's around uh, fourteen hundred
1: for the week, and that's seasons. that's everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is everything.
7: Yes. Um, so yeah, it is, it's, it's supposed to be fair. It's not the cheapest holiday in the world, but
1: as you can imagine, <laughs> it's a it's a great adventure, though.
7: It's it's a great fantastic. adventure, and you get to see places that you know if you were staying in hotels, you certainly wouldn't see. Gives you um, great freedom, actually, great independence. Exactly. You can wake up in the morning and you know in somewhere really, really lovely. You know, and you, get, you, you come out in the morning, you just take over oh my god
1: pull out the awning out with the tables and chairs on with the frying pan get the sausages cooked. Exactly. away you go yes, cooking, cooking
7: it is the right novelty I hope you have a
1: great spring I hope you have a great summer people can check you out at corkmotorhomes.com isn't that right Gerald that's right Neil appreciate it my man best of luck glad Neil, things are going go from strength for to strength thank you well done thank maybe you. two motorhomes pal but you've doubled your business nonetheless <laughs> well, done. well this is just this exactly cheers yeah, take so care we'll we, we keep going alright appreciate yeah. it text 0868104106 back after 10
6: Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7am and wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens.
0: You're listening to the number one talk show in court, The Neil Prendiville Show. It's
1: the best in Cork. On Red FM. No, don't be talking to me. Actually, talking about the price of fuel. Thank you, Natalie. She says, you're right. I used to fill up the car for 50 to 55 euro pre-pandemic. I filled it up the other day. It wasn't 50. It wasn't 55. It was 77 euro to fill it. See what I'm saying? A 27 euro difference in a fill in your motor car. Lots of texts from yesterday. I personally won't go to any pub in Cork. I am not rewarding them for turning their backs on people and segregating them. They deserve whatever happens to their businesses from now on. And there's more. The government didn't do enough. Masks should be gone as well from everywhere. No masks for schools. We are celebrating yesterday morning. Everything, you know, Big changes over the weekend and we were chatting about it hence these texts some people don't have empathy for anything neil they have no responsible feeling uh, no responsibility feeling only hatred abuse trauma addiction everyone has a boiling point and i think your point is you know what people have been through over the last 22 23 months uh, i agree with th- some of your callers the cert needs to be continued for safety's sake and i also believe patrick's day should not go ahead it's too soon Just last week, we had over 20,000 cases. Uh, David is complaining about the unvaccinated inside in pubs. What difference is it to him? Vaccinated or not, it should be of no relevance to him. The purpose of the vaccine is so that you won't become too sick or hospitalized upon infection. Um, Morning. They're all booked. They're all celebrating now, saying it's like Christmas. Holidays are booked, etc. Just wait till the next variant. (laughs) We have to be careful all the time and when they drop masks I'll be wearing mine forever. Um I think no place is safe now. And one of your callers is dead right, dead right about keeping COVID certs. Morning Neil, you are not going to address the issue that the government used pubs to con people into getting the vaccines only in Ireland. I'm not anti-vax and I am vaccinated. The people driving on about the unvaccinated in the bar don't understand that you can catch or spread COVID without the vaccine. So that man wouldn't be any less safe whether they were vaccinated or vaccinated or unvaccinated inside in the pub. And there's reams of these, which I'll come back to throughout the, cor- the course of the morning. But I just want to touch on something here, because I know all of the stuff we're aware of Russia... Um, you know, mustering lots and lots and lots of troops on the Ukraine border and everybody's very touchy-feely about it. Nobody's talking about going to war, but they're talking about an economic war or sanctions against Russia. But off the Cork coast, the Russians are coming. And apparently, I'm told, they'll be off the Irish coast. They'll be 240 kilometers off the Cork coast, but off the Cork coast nonetheless. And they'll be doing, they'll have their naval fleet there, artillery drills. 240 kilometers off the coast from the 5th to the 8th of February now Simon Coveney isn't happy with any of this and there's a kind of a diplomatic backwards and forwards about it Um, and he's asked the Russian ambassador um, uh, to to stop I suppose Uh, because technically they're holding war games off our coastline now just because I'm curious about this particularly having the core connection Dr Tom Clonan is a security analyst with the journal.ie joins me by phone Tom good morning Good morning, Neil. How are you? I think former uh, former military man yourself. What should we be concerned about this?
9: Well, yes, uh, it's a uh, it's a disturbing development, and you know the Russians don't do anything uh, by accident or by coincidence, or you know they, they, they've chosen to conduct these exercises 120 uh, nautical miles off the coast of Cork, which is very close in, and um, we're, we're responsible. Ireland is responsible for. 15% of the European Union's uh, coastline. Uh, so we, we, our naval service there in the is supposed to patrol 220 million maritime acres of ocean with uh, with nine ships. Unfortunately, as you know Neil, four of those ships are tied up because of crew shortages and basically the naval service have been run down, you know, off terribly by by the current and previous administration. Didn't know so we're, that. We're in.
1: Didn't know that.
9: Yeah, so so yeah, and in fact, the the fishery Protections Agency had to ask the European uh, Fisheries Protection uh, Agency to send European Union uh, ships into Irish waters to do the fishery patrols because we're no longer in a position to, to do.
1: What so we're we need short, to do. yeah. But but the Russians yeah. aren't aren't technically in Irish waters, though, are they, Tom?
9: Well, they're in the Irish uh, Exclusive Economic Zone, and they're off our coast. And basically, the reason why they're doing this is because they know that we are the only country in the European Union that cannot monitor its airspace. So we we have no primary radar in Ireland. And yet we're responsible for one of the busiest air corridors from Europe, uh, North Africa, Middle East, Turkey, Russia, beyond Asia. You know, 75% of all air traffic passes that goes to the United States passes through our uh irish controlled airspace and anybody who has a flight radar app on their phone you know you switch it on at any moment and you'll see overhead ireland you'll see air france lufthansa uh, turkish airline all, all around the world heading for america we can't see that airspace uh, we're the only country in europe that can't uh, and and so we can't protect it. and here we have military exercises taking place where we have to close off um some of that airspace where they'll be firing missiles, operating right. their own aircraft, okay. so it's it's very it's very difficult. It's very embarrassing, and and the Russians know this, so they're sending a message to NATO and the European Union, saying, "Look, here is Europe's weakest link. This is the back door to Europe." And uh, one very significant thing, uh, Neil, the, the the Russians have developed what they call land attack cruise missiles, uh, which can be carried on their surface vessels and their submarines, and if. Let's say in a doomsday scenario, there was a standoff between Europe and Russia. The Russians could, could fire missiles from, air, from ships in Irish waters or off our coast, and European capitals would have no warning. They, they would have no early warning system because our airspace is completely undefended. With but no you, radar. Just, to,
5: just on
1: that point with regards to radar, why doesn't Europe, um, if, if we can't afford it, why doesn't the European Union pay for that if it's that important? Well, we're supposed to be a neutral country, so we're
9: supposed to pay for these things ourselves. But in in actual fact, Neil, an agreement was reached between the Ministry of Defence in the UK and the Department of Defence here a number of years ago. The Royal Air Force actually patrols and monitors Irish airspace. And all of the recent incursions by Russian aircraft into Irish-controlled airspace down off the the west, northwest and southwest coast, all those aircraft were... uh, Identified and monitored and and shadowed by uh, royal aircraft, sorry, royal air force uh, interceptor aircraft. So, so you know, it be a lot going on.
1: Yeah,
9: yeah, it's it's something that we shouldn't be doing. The the other thing that we need to be really concerned about is Ireland is the digital link between Europe and the United States. So we have nineteen what they call uh, subsea fibre optic cables or oceanic cables that connect uh, Europe with uh, the United States. So Ireland holds 30% of Europe's data in 54 data centres around the country. And we also uh, provide something like, again, the same statistic, about 30% of all internet and digital traffic between Europe and the United States. And some of these cables are on the on the ocean floor not far from where these russian ships are going to be operating now already this year we had a, a russian spy ship called the yantar sorry last year the antar which was seen and detected loitering off our our cables uh, up in the northwest how do we know this because the uh, because the the, the the royal navy told us we uh, don't have the capacity uh, to identify these things so this is all part of russia's message to the european union and to nato this is your weakest link, this is your your blind spot, we're in it, and they'll they'll test and watch NATO's reactions and reaction times, what assets NATO will will mobilise to to, to go into our airspace and see what's happening.
1: Okay. Do, do you buy into the headline, like the mail this morning says it will be war games. I mean, what will they be doing? Will they be acting out some act of war amongst themselves? Is, are there these aircraft carriers <laughs> where planes can take it's off? The,
9: what? It's, the, it's the Navy. Of course it's war games. They're not going to be dancing on the decks and doing jigs and reels. That, that's what they do. This is, they're, you know, they're deploying. It's, it's about, can they can they deploy Force projection can they can they you know get their assets off station you know off the coast of Ireland in in the Atlantic area and can they can they operate there uh, independently as a kind of a, a, a battle group for want of a better expression?
1: But will there and be bombs ha- and missiles landing in the water with fish stocks? Well, and that's everything. what
9: they're going to do. I mean, they, they, they've given notice that they intend to do a gunnery and missile test. Now, so the gunnery would be short-range weapons on board. These are kind of like surface-to-surface uh, weapon systems. But also with, with the missiles, you know, there are serious questions here because we don't know the range of the missiles or what missiles they intend to fire. We don't know if they're smart missiles or are they fire and forget, you know, dumb, old-fashioned dumb weapons. The warheads for a lot of those missiles are made out of a substance called depleted uranium which is highly toxic and uh, very pollutant. Now, the the Americans also use these. um, And, you know, so it's not good for the environment. But I think one of the most important things, uh, Ireland has a bit of a sensitive spot when it comes to surface-to-air missiles. If you recall, Neil, you may remember the Rock disaster where uh, an Aer Lingus plane went down. We've never really found out what happened to that plane, but some people believe that it may have been struck by... a. uh, a missile that was fired from a testing area in Wales. We also had the book missile, this the Soviet manufactured missile that took down uh, a Malaysian airliner, yeah. uh, MH7, I think, over Ukraine a number of years ago, killing 198 men, women, and children. Like, you know, we we don't want this in our, uh, you know, in, in off our environment.
1: Like 120 miles is very, very close. And are you saying that because there could be a mistake made? Well, I mean, we have to rely on them. And, you know, the, the the Russians,
9: they don't have a great record in recent years of, you know, guaranteeing the safety of civilian commercial aviation overhead. But really, I suppose the point here is, why don't they do this in the Bay of Biscay? Why don't they do it maybe five, six, seven hundred miles off the coast? It's strategic, so you're close, saying. Yeah. Quite close in. They're sending a very, very clear yeah. message to NATO. But I think Irish people need to think about this. We're, we, we, neutrality is one of our most powerful foreign policy tools we we stand on the shoulders of giants no matter where you go in the world when you say you're irish because of our diaspora because of our neutrality because we don't have a post-colonial history you know we're, we're very well regarded all around the world we need to protect that and invest in it. and having the RAF patrol our skies you know relying on NATO to defend us that's not neutrality and it's it's not I don't think it's a good position for us. We need to invest in our defence forces so that we can just simply monitor our own airspace, protect our own maritime environment, and, and be grown ups.
1: And if we, and when they are there, let's assume that this goes ahead, does it does it mean that the British Navy will be monitoring them? Will the Americans have naval ships nearby? Indeed, will will we be close by in our naval ships or will they be just left to their own devices?
9: Well, the Americans, of course, will monitor them, and they'll use what's called national technical means to do that. So they'll use satellite technology, but they'll also have uh, vessels in the area to observe because they'll watch, you know, the, the the kind of formations that the the Russians will use, where their escort vessels are, the distances between them. They'll just monitor them, and they'll be interested. They'll be interested to see what weapons systems they deploy, you know, what 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 weapons they test fire. And the the Royal Navy will do the same thing. There'll probably be submarine activity as well. Because we can't do that. Now, we do have some ships, and 120 maritime miles is very close in. I mean, you could have any of the naval vessels, well, the five that are able to go to sea, any of those could go out. But I don't know if they have the technology to monitor properly what the Russians are doing, whether they have the, you know, electronic measures or countermeasures on board. Yeah,
1: doesn't it all sound rather
9: rather childish, really, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, but... with toys. well, yeah,
9: absolutely. But look, it's it, at the same time, they're playing for very, very high stakes. Like mo- most of our generation have been very fortunate that we haven't really known a conventional conflict in our time. But there is the risk of conventional warfare in Europe. In 2015, Angela Merkel, when she launched the, the German white paper on defense, said for the first time since World War II, we, we face the prospect of a land war, you know, ground war, conventional war, on, on European soil for the first time since World War Two, and all of these things start off with, you know, assassinations of archdukes, yeah, uh, random acts. That then, you know, you have a collo- you, you have a constellation of factors to come together to to generate some, you know, something that we just don't even want to
1: think. Timing of. is very it's bad very, very with regards to this, isn't it? Because you've got stuff going on in the Ukraine. The Americans now have put eight and a half thousand U.S. troops on heightened alert. You've I don't know how many is it a hundred thousand, maybe more Russian. Soldiers are on the border with Ukraine. Yeah,
9: so and, and and this is why the deployment of Ireland is significant, because Ukraine, the border with Ukraine, Donetsk and Luhansk, is, the east. is is to the northeast of the periphery of Europe. And the proposed exercises in February are at the southwest of the of the periphery. So it's a build-up in two different opposite points. And I suppose what the Russians are saying to the Europe is, see, you don't like it when uh, armed forces encroach on your borders, we're, we're not happy with the encroachment of NATO on Europe's borders sorry, on Russia's border, yeah. and the 100,000 troops on, on the border with uh, estimates range between 100,000 and 175,000 and I've, I've seen the, the, the units if you like, the order of battle, a lot of highly mobile armoured units, uh, a lot of tanks so I think the Russians could go across the border into the, uh, as I was saying, Donetsk uh, Luhansk I think they may try to secure a ground, a land corridor down to uh, the Crimean Peninsula, which they annexed in 2014, just to connect that up to the Russian mainland. That would be a limited incursion. Joe Biden has already signaled that if they go in in a limited way, they might just uh, have a discussion about how they'd react to that. But it it, it is all very, very dangerous. And once the shooting starts, you know, it's very difficult to control the kind of the kaleidoscope of, you know, the the cascade of... Uh, you know, unanticipated outcomes that flow from that. And you know, know when I you like, talk
1: about when the firing starts, this may sound like a silly question, but say way down in Alaheis, maybe way, way down the furthest point of West Cork, would you be able to hear anything of the uh, of the um, the war games off our coast?
9: Well, interestingly, I think since since we spoke, or since I spoke to your uh, researchers this morning, um, I believe the Irish, there are a lot of trawler and fishermen who have announced that they're going to go out and protest and yeah. And, and steam into the exercise area to try and disrupt it. No, I don't, I don't think you'd hear anything. But, like, if, if one of our fibre-optic cables is cut, if you're in alleys, your, your internet connection is going to be gone. Gotcha. Your online banking. And I think what the Russians are saying to Europe as well is, if you impose sanctions on us, if you exclude us from the international banking system and do some of the things that have been threatened, we'll turn off the internet. Because that's what they did um, when, they, when they annexed Crimea back in 2014. One of the first things they did was they, they and these are called you know Russian grey zone operations, they cut some of the cables in the Baltic Sea and effectively turned off all the digital communications. And do you things.
1: think that this will actually go ahead come February 8th? Sorry, sorry, the, February 5th. The, the, the war game? Yeah.
9: Oh, I think it will, because sure, who can stop them? I, I was saying the only thing that could stop them uh, Neil, is if we have one of those big air and uh, red status Atlantic storms that might, that might put manners <laughs> on them. And who knows, the, the Russian fleet might come into Skibbereen. then. Uh, they might come ashore and spend a bit of money in our much much pressurized hospitality <laughs> If that industry.
1: happens, then the pubs need to stock up in boxes of well, vodka. you know, something you said to me that struck me is, like,
9: I was in the army, I was in the Middle East, there saw such terrible violence there. I was in Bosnia at the end of that war, and you know war is such a squalid unnecessary stupid thing to do you know we have a good relationship with russia they're good people poorly led i would say in some res- in in many respects on with their human rights record and their suppression of opposition and journalism but you know wouldn't it be a much better scenario if if we could engage with one another if they could come ashore and be, you know partici- you know build relationships instead of all this you know macho paternalistic posturing that that Vladimir Putin is engaged in. And I do think, though, that NATO needs to have a think about their attitude to to Russia. You know, Russia was invaded uh, through Ukraine in in Operation Barbarossa. Barbarossa, And 60 million Russians were killed. In total, over 30 million people from the Soviet Republics. Like, they are sensitive about the encroachment of one of the world's largest military alliances on the borders. Like, I think we need to be a little bit more sensitive, like there is some leadership coming from Germany where they're saying look, let's just calm down, stop sending weapons there. One of the German general staff has resigned and said that we need to, you know, reach out to our Russian neighbours and, and maybe get a partnership going with them instead
1: of all of this kind I know, of macho I know, I know, because the futility of war, but it has always been that way, hasn't it? I don't know whether it ever changed. Yeah,
9: unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah, but I was yeah. very struck with the word that you used earlier you know, when you said this is childish. It is childish. It's bad for the environment, you know, and, and those Russian fleets, you know, some of the vessels go back to the 1960s. They're dirty old diesel things, you know, they have been associated with uh, maritime pollution in the past. And if they start firing these um, rockets and missiles around the place, like what's going to happen to depleted uranium? What impact will it have on our fragile maritime environment, you mm. know, the 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 whales and dolphins and so on, like, you know, we, sh- we should be doing more better things with our
1: time. Let's see what happens in the coming days and weeks. Fascinating conversation, Tom. Much obliged to you for taking the call. Appreciate it. Look after yourself. Thank, thank you, Neil. Dr. Thank Tom Clonan, security analyst with the journal.ie. Incredible conversation. Back after the break, your thoughts are welcome. Text 086
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show
1: at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106. Red FM. And you can text 086 Just staying with this for another few minutes. Alton, good morning morning, Neil. I think you agree, imagine you agree with Dr. Tom Clonan that um, it's the Russians flexing their muscle, showing Europe and America that the west coast of Ireland is their weak point, right? I agree with that, uh, Neil, very much.
8: Uh, I, I, the reason uh, I, I'm on the show really is uh, based on a, a letter I sent to the examiner in 2016 going into the seriousness of the actions that were happening in syria and ukraine and that a war with russia while previously thought unthinkable was now possible and now ireland by being a member of the eu and being part of i would see as aggressive behavior towards russia by supporting the overthrow of a democratically elected president of the ukraine that was Yanukovych in 2014 that they actually set off a powder keg that may inevitably lead to war with Russia. And this is an absolutely uh, very dangerous time. And Russia now, I I don't believe the uh, ambassador from Russia when he says that these are just games, that Ireland has nothing to worry about. I think that ireland is actually part of the nato apparatus even though we're not members we are we we, our troops do training with them and exercises with nato um and ireland where we are placed we are in an ideal location to you know for russia to sit out uh russian ships russian assets Russian Firing at
1: key locations in Europe from absolutely,
8: off the West Caucasus. Absolutely. And you look at Shannon Airport. This is Shannon Airport. The Russians are putting down a marker now saying, right, NATO are activating their assets all over Europe, uh, the US. And if you listen to the Pentagon spokesman, John Kirby, during his time and the Obama administration, he, his language is extremely aggressive and they talk about sending home Russians in body bags.
1: I know, yeah, you know, so the Americans know, have a problem with Russia, but we actually don't.
8: Is that the case? Ireland, I mean, the, the, the sad thing about all of this is that, you know, we, all the, I grew up in an era, uh, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and uh, as a child, and we were fed a diet that the Russians were coming, or that, that, that the, you know, the, the, the commies are going to take over Europe, and part of it was true, but a lot of it was actually quite negative or unnecessary aggressive and there should be more jaw jaw instead of war war.
1: But let me just point, let me just ask you a question because I was thinking about this and then I saw a text on it. How can we even say we're a neutral country? This is a texter. How can we say we're a neutral country when the American army use Shannon as a drop off and lift point? That makes us a target doesn't it?
10: well uh, well you see this
8: is the thing too like if if how, like every year we visit we visit washington and we shake hands with the president on patrick's day and you're going to be meeting with us interests there and they would want to it would be an aggressive act for ireland not to allow them and and, and we the, america would say we're conducting peace Time missions when we are moving our troops to Iraq, but really, Ireland is supporting them. I know, but and we
1: have to pick a side economically, totally. and I imagine the right yeah. side, to be honest, the Americans, isn't it? So important to us. But,
8: yeah, th- that is true, but uh, uh, like, sh- there are consequences for your actions, and this is the thing. Irish politicians are almost naive when I hear the language, and I must say that Tom Clunan actually has a lovely, uh, good, fair balanced opinion and that he's open-minded. I mean, when we meet uh, Eastern Europeans, we think these guys are just pretty much the same as us. Yeah. And Russians are pretty much the same. And the kind of enmity uh, that between Eastern European countries and Russia is more historical and it would be like, just when you meet an English person today, that there's no difference between English people and Irish people apart from a slight few different things, very little. But the majority of the time we get on and we share the same interests. So...
1: Yeah, but uh, I, I, but Russia is the country yeah. that's threatening to eva- invade uh, the Ukraine and take over well, the capital, well, Kiev. Well, like, you, you know, that's...
8: Well, you see, when you have ethnic Russians being killed and you, you look at Ukraine in 2014, the, it, it all boils down to, the way I see it, and I think the way a lot of international observers see it, is that the Americans do not want the Russians to have influence in Europe they do not want... They, clear, they, they have been speaking for the past year uh, that Russia will have... I mean, what I mean is the American senators have been speaking out saying we must not allow Russia to have a monopoly on the gas supplies into Europe. And this has been... like. So, you look at the whole strategic, uh, strategic interest. Uh, Russia wants to supply gas through the North Stream three 2 yeah. pipeline into Germany. Germany needs it. And uh, it, many see the syrian war as where the americans were going to use uh syria as a route to ship uh qatari supplied gas into europe and by having uh, an ally uh, you know by kicking out Assad, having a, a syria or a russian ally kicked out of syria then you'll have your gas pipeline coming into europe so this has got to do. There's more to this than meets the eye. Yeah, because uh,
1: I hear that the Russians have kind of turned off the oil and gas tap, haven't we? And that's one of the reasons why fuel prices well, have got so dear.
7: Well, well, well I, I,
8: I, I, mean, I don't know how much that has been turned off, but I think it's just, it's just the uh, you know the market forces of the security supplies could be shut off, and Ireland is dependent on gas, uh, you know, from Russia. I think forty. 41 percent of our gas in the EU comes from Russia, and look, we're going to think again. And this raises a point because I heard um, Eamon Ryan this morning say that oh, prices have gone up because of the security and, uh, risks in Ukraine. But yet, or uh, Eamon Ryan will prevent the development of gas and the exploration of gas in.
1: Ireland. yeah but uh, that's weird you know. because if a buddy in Thailand at the moment he tells me that petrol and diesel is the cheapest ships like why is it cheap in one country it's and expensive in another
8: well that is down to taxation too uh, and the policy of the country okay uh, yeah. you know yeah. down okay. to, it it's to the, the loading yeah. and, and, and the base cost of, of, of oil and gas is r- relatively cheap
1: so should but we I mean cost- everything is local really at the end of the day because everything we, everyone wants to know how is it going to affect our lives what are your thoughts on these war games off the coast um,
8: I, I, I think that Ireland could pull it, could actually have, does have the power to do it. It definitely has the power, and I would not support, I do not support it. Of course not. Uh, it will be detrimental.
1: It's, it would it, it, be detrimental. It's dangerous. Uh, Wouldn't it be even it, more it, dangerous if fishing fleets go in there and protest?
8: Absolutely. Well, well they're, they're looking for trouble. And I don't think, I see, it's so serious now. Like this is not 100,000 troops of uh, uh, activated troops, Russian troops around Ukraine. I don't think this is just an exercise. This is real. And and I don't think Russia are going to come out and admit that they're about to uh, activate forces, even though it would be denied think, uh, you know, this has been building for years. But hold
1: on a second, are you, are you just finally are you saying that what's happening in the Ukraine is one thing, and they're, they're clearly motivated in some way there, and that this fleet that they're going to put off the west coast of Ireland and Cork is because of this in the event of a preeminent strike by the Allies well, or something?
8: Well, 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 I don't think it's going to be preemptive, but there are, there are attacks going on all the time. In- no, what I mean is, in the event
1: of war in Ukraine, they're okay. putting their fleet off the core coast because of that.
8: I, I think they're doing their research work, I suppose, because they have been sending reconnaissance planes around Ireland, testing communication. I, I imagine they will have submarines around Ireland, you know, ready to, you know, you, you, could, you, can, you, you can anything is possible in war, and you know ireland has to get serious there are consequences for your actions and ireland has been hanging out and uh with nato and during in the eu have had supporting sanctions on russia um and i think unreasonably because russia are the reason why isis does not exist anymore and while the americans in- and to
1: some extent why hitler was defeated large
8: extent 20, yeah until 2015 ISIS were a total dominant force in Syria until the Russians came in and annihilated them. So there was almost bitterness from the West that Russia got one up on the West there, on the, on the security force right. of the United States okay. and Britain. And, you know, they, they kept their man in power, Assad. And Russia, remember, has just one military base outside of its country, of its, outside of Crimea and that's Latakia in, uh, Latakia in, in Syria, or Tartus, Tartus in, in Syria. So, you know, the United States has 750 million bases, or sorry, 750 bases around the world. And, and as, as the UK have many, many bases around the world. So Russia is not, it's really, it's a big enough country. It has enough resources. It's 17 million square kilometers. It, it, it's... it's it doesn't need to be invading anybody else but they're not it, one thing we know for sure is that mm. nato have not been trustworthy in that they have moved their apparatus right up their missile bases right up to the borders of russia and this these agreements were made in 1991 with uh, with the breakup of the ussr that the promises were made that that the americans or the west would not put missile bases right on the border this has been building for years, and I think Russia now has missile technology uh, that the West uh, uh, does not have. That the, the West do, do not like I mean, military technology, the missile technology in hypersonic missiles. I mean, the Russians have been demonstrating this for the last ten years. They've been kind of showing off their, you know, shooting missiles from the subs in the Mediterranean. You know, I mean, in the West, really, this is this is, this is is reality now. We, we are in a dangerous environment. And I think it's almost... And Tom Clunan mentioned it's child. Or you mentioned it's childish. Of course it's childish. You're making an absolutely brilliant point. <laughs> and, and people need to grow up. There are consequences for your actions. And it, they should really... And, and even the Germans and the French are saying, let Let's de-escalate this. Mm. And the Ukrainian uh, spokesperson there this morning, uh, yesterday, was saying, actually, uh, you know, the Americans needs to tone down things. But I think Neil, the key point is in 2014, when the overthrow of the democratically elected president happened, did the EU did not? It kept on hanging out with a kind of they are almost neo-Nazi. Some of them are, and they are openly. Um, They celebrate the the invasion of Russia um, from the, you know, the since World War Two. It goes back to that. And the EU uh, have continued to hang out with these people and not they should have insisted on democratic elections. Um, and and there were, the, see the problem was in Ukraine.
1: No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I mean, I yeah. dealt an awful but lot with bad it, bad, and I can't. Bad, I mean, bad, you could spend bad, the morning talking about it. I, I'm yeah. going to. I'm going to move yeah. on, however. But what I'm picking okay. up from you and from Tom is suspicion, jealousy, greed, the, fear, absolutely. childishness, um, almost it's, like yeah, boys with and, toys. Okay. Yeah. It's uh,
8: yeah, and but the language coming from the Pentagon, from the from the U.S. Uh, foreign uh, spokespersons has been aggressive towards um, ridiculously unnecessary okay, okay. Uh, and I think it, that, that has to stop otherwise we are all going to pay a
1: price Tone it down not dial it up Absolutely. Thanks Sultan Thanks for taking the call Thank you, Cheers Thank, Thank you me. well and truly in tune with what's going on uh, Lines open at one 104 We'll wait and see uh, Back after the break <laughs> Call the Neil Brenderville Show now on the new number, 0818-104-106. It's interesting, Tom said if there was a storm at sea, you'd have an awful lot of sailors and naval personnel pulling into different ports and villages across West Cork. It would be boom times economically, wouldn't it, for the bars and restaurants. That might be the upside to it if we had another storm at sea and they just had to get off the water. Anyway, text 0868104106. But the um the Irish, of course, are all over the world and you often hear of stories, historical stories down through the years of people who did well in different countries. Con is an interesting one. Just quickly before I, before I move on. Con, good morning. Good, good
4: morning, Neil. Good morning. And
1: this is a connection between a man who was almost born in Cork. Is he 10 miles across the Kerry border or something or where? No,
4: no the Limerick border. The yeah. Limerick border, uh, or the, the Cork bar- Limerick. Yeah
1: what was yeah. his name
4: he was uh, Peter von Lacy he came from a strong uh, Norman family you know a Norman Irish family von Lacey or de Lacy he, he, he was de Lacey, but now they, they, they dropped he was actually he changed Dave from to von when he was when he became such a Russian hero they made the Dave von Lacey. so he, he left he left the
1: Cork-Limerick border to go to Russia and, and do what fight was it
4: yeah, what happened? At 13 years of age, he was on the parapets of Limerick Castle. Do you remember the Woolmite War when the Siege of Limerick? He, he, was, he was he was a lieutenant at 13 years of age in the the Battle of Limerick, the Siege of Limerick. What year was that? Or in and around? That was, 17, that was uh, 1691. Okay.
1: So at 14, he, went, he, was, he, was, he took to arms.
4: Yeah, 13, 13. 13. Yeah. So then after that, of course, his father and his uncle went to France and they joined the French army. But uh, he 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 was uh, he he for a few years. Then he he went to uh, uh, he he went to uh, Austria and then and then they went to uh, Russia. Why? Did he, he just like fighting or what? Yeah, fighting, fighting. He was a soldier. He was a a, a professional soldier. Go ahead. I'm after reading reason. His history here is fantastic. He was the most brilliant. He was the top, top, highest general in the Russian army under Peace of the grace and piece empress. Uh, and interest, you know. But well, Why would he go
1: over there when we were trying to fight for our own freedom here and we had all sorts of problems yeah, yeah, with the British?
4: But, but, but see, that, that was the beginning. When we lost the siege of Limerick, that, that was the end of uh, the nobles, uh, there was the flight of the white flight geese. Of the Ur- yeah, yeah, flight yeah, of the wild geese yeah, to France and what have you. Yeah. So yeah. is
1: he recognised then in, in, in Russia?
4: Well, he is. There's streets named after him, there's monuments and nothing. And nothing in Ireland, nothing in Limerick County, Limerick where he was born and reared. Nothing, nothing at all. And that's part, of see, the anti-Russian thing. Now, I, I showed this to an Irish, he was a co- councillor, and he, he buried it. They don't want to know, oh, we're we pro-American anti-Russians. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, you know. <laughs> what number yeah.
1: statue to a man who fought for Russia, the Americans yeah. wouldn't like it kind of thing.
4: Well, <laughs> I don't, I tell you, it's about time now the Irish stood up, the Irish men, and the men of Cork and Limerick and Munster, and said, so, we're so we proud of this soldier, who, who, who fought for Russia, who fought for France first in Austria, in Russia? His son was a celebrated soldier for Austria. And did he, die, did he die at the hands of a gun or a bullet or a bomb or what? No, he died at 74 years of age. He was wounded numerous times. He was a strong, hitzy man, you know? Yeah. He was out uh, there. I tell you, you get it up, you read about his history. He's, where, you, he and where, where did he die? He died, he died in Russia. He died, he's buried in, in his, one of his large states in Russia. He was a very wealthy man. Go away. You know? Buried on his own yeah. estate. Where? Near St. Yeah. Petersburg or something, state. was it? Yeah. And he, when he was only 24 or five when he was fighting for Peter the Great, he came up with a great idea. At that time, they had mus, muskets, you know what I mean? But the Russian musk, muskets, they, found, they were fighting, they were sh, firing their shots, very uh, uh, hit and miss. So he came up, he told the Tsar of Russia, Wait till they're only a few yards away from the enemy, and then fire. Is he the man who came, is he the man who came up with the saying "Wait till you see the whites of their eyes"? He could be. He could be, and I, I think it's very important today. And I'm I am i 100 percent behind Russia. I think the West, including the EU, are the aggressors here. That what should be done. This should be all back down if 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 Russia, if the EU and America said we're not going to bring Ukraine into NATO. Just one simple sentence. And they'll be, be all over. They just gave the word that Ukraine would never go into the North Atlantic tree, Treaty uh, Organization. It's got the, uh, the, um, it's it's got got the Russians
1: very touchy-feely, hasn't
4: it? It has. And, and they're right here. They're right. You see, you see, do you know what Ukraine stands for, Neil, in, in English? I don't. The Western land. The Western land of what? Russia. Of course. It was part of Russia for 1,000, or 2,000 years. Mm. I mean, what, what happened was, Gorbachev, Mikhail Gorbachev, now, he had to. All these some um, countries, of course, had to be free and the Baltic states. But Ukraine was always part of Russia. It was the land, it was the breadbasket of Russia. He, there's no way. I think he gave him autonomy in in, in 1990 or 1991 or two. Uh, Putin sees Gorbachev as a, a traitor, and he was, and he rightly he sees him as a traitor. Mm. What, another thing that could be done with Irish, uh, what happened in Northern Ireland, the people who want to be a part of the West, they can give, we dual citizenship, dual citizenship of of Ukraine and the EU. Are
11: Since you suggesting election.
1: that if we ever had a 32 county Ireland, that would happen, dual citizenship?
11: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. 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 Well, would, well, but, would that work, do you think? Do you think say for instance it would,
4: it would. It would. Well you see nearly well, But do you think a naso- you. do you think
1: a nationalist population would oh they wouldn't have to take dual citizenship. It would be for no, people no, who no. would be maybe loyalist. Yeah.
4: yeah. You see there now that uh you, you, you have forty percent or fifty percent of the Ukraine population is Russian, Russian backed they wouldn't be really want to be part... Well, if they're dead, a lot of them would maybe want to travel to the, to the EU or Europe, you know. But uh, the Western, the people who are for their independence, well, they definitely want a, a citizenship of the EU. It could could be all fixed. we be in negotiation. But see. America wants war. They want, they want, they want body. They're as simple as that. Like, they won't be American soldiers. to will be uh, Irish soldiers. They're, I told... Why I, would it be I, Irish I told, soldiers? They're because I, 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 I canvassed against the Lisbon Treaty in like 2008 Yeah, but why would
1: it be? We wouldn't go to war.
4: And see, what will happen is there'll be a European army formed, and Ireland have supplied so many soldiers to the European army, and we'd we'll be cannon father of... Father, you know what I mean? This is very serious. Very All serious. Right. And about Irish politicians now want to get off the and recognize Count von de Lacy, Peter de Lacy, a great... Uh, he's, he, he's adored, revered in Russia, in St. Petersburg. There's streets named after him. There's monuments to him. And we don't know about it at all. All right, Khan.
1: All right. We have our very own Peter the Great and nobody seems to care. Thanks for that. 1850. Sorry. New phone number. My apologies. 0818104106. Anne says, the Russians are doing military testing 240 kilometers off the Cork coast for the next month or two. Well, it's not for the next month or two. It's for a week. But it could take them longer to get there and, you know, set it up and everything. It could be right. It could be weeks. Just wondering, why aren't people talking about it at all? Well, we are. Shouldn't our government be making uh, making our feelings known on the subject? Uh, I'm sure this will have a major effect on sea life nearby. Will our fishermen be safe at this time? There are just so many negatives with this, and that's by email to Neil at redfm.au.
0: Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818 104 106.
1: And by email to neil at redfm.ie. A question for you. I'm a healthcare worker for the HSE and for the last 30 odd years worked as a home support within the home support service. My question is, why can't any of us get the 1,000 euro bonus for working right through the COVID-19 in health? I had clients with COVID-19. I risked my own life, my husband's life and my family's life for looking after people with the virus. We are never thanked by the government for all the hard work that we did throughout the virus. And no one talks about us getting this money. And I just wonder why. hope you get to read this out. Can't go on air, but if you could just find out why. Well, Michael McGrath said they had to draw the line somewhere and they drew the line and you were below it, not above it. They just couldn't pay it to everybody. Of course it's unfair. Uh, of course it's not, it's not equitable to everybody. Uh, but that's what they decided to do. So it's uh, healthcare workers in the front line, as in, in hospital settings, and uh, members of the army. That worked at vaccine centers. Uh, well, it's an interesting one. I don't know if this would ever fly. In fact, I don't think it would fly at all. Could there be a type of discreet badge like the fauna that people who are vulnerable or who have underlying health issues could wear to warn people who they meet of their situation without being specific, just a discreet badge so they don't try to shake hands or hug unless the vulnerable person initiates it? I don't know. It might avoid embarrassing moments while protecting. Maybe it's a bit extreme. What do you think? Don't know. I don't make the rules or the guidelines. I I, I can't see it. I just I can't um, for a lot of different reasons. I actually ended up wondering, does anybody wear the fauna itself anymore? If you wore the fauna way back in the day, it was a small little ring that went on your lapel. It meant that you were an Irishian. You spoke Irish and the person who saw it was free to speak Irish to you. Maybe it's still going, um, but it was very, very popular years back. What I, what drives me mad is I try and speak Irish as much as I can particularly at home and my son and my daughter have absolutely fluent Irish. I speak to them in Irish and they answer me in English Go figure that one
11: I'm Lana O'Connor,
6: Red FM News is first for local, national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie
1: New Year New Number for Neo 0818 104 106. Yes, indeedy. Uh, Many texts on different topics of conversation. I agree about COVID certs from yesterday's program. They still want people to get boosted. Who's going to bother getting boosted now that the cert is not needed anymore? It's only needed for international travel. It's like giving two fingers to everyone who got vaccinated and got us to take this poison when we can open back up and give the anti-vax cohort their own way another one can you please remind those living in fear of the unvaxxed that the vaccinated are just as likely to spread it it doesn't impact at all no reason to live in fear of anyone if you wish to get your vax then do so to protect yourselves Uh, and uh, it's interesting that many people unfortunately seem to believe that everybody who didn't get vaxed and i'm not saying whether they were right or wrong it is a democracy after all. Uh, people think that maybe the unvaxxed were reckless about being unvaccinated when they weren't at all. I spoke with lots and lots of people over on the air over the last 22 or 23 months and indeed, you know, met people and know people that didn't get vaccinated, but they never went anywhere. They never saw anybody. They were very responsible at the same time. Um, yeah, there's lots then on um, issues involving the uh, 1,000 euro payout and, and things like that. I'll come back to those throughout the course of the morning. Interestingly, big response to the issues regarding Russia. People are well tuned in. Just a selection of texts. We might have feck all internet next week if the Russians start cutting cables off the south coast. Uh, get on military experts. Uh, I did. Tom Clonan who you recommended uh, to have a chat about the upcoming day six day naval exercise says P. Well, took your advice. Tom Clonan was on the The Russian Navy is holding its naval exercises, so if it's in a position to intercept US and UK naval boats, that may be sent to the Ukraine in the event of war, that they're positioning there as a blockade against ships going from, say, the States uh, to Ukraine. Interesting. There are NATO golf ball radar positions in County Cork and in County Clare. You can see them from the airport. The Russian Navy could jam them as part of their exercise. Uh, the biggest laugh of all is the Baltic states including down to Greece have bigger armies, navies and air force than Ireland. Uh, while they pay nothing into the European kitty and Ireland Ireland does. We are always led by sheep says Don. Uh, somebody asks a very valid question, how can anyone say we're a neutral country when the American army goes through Shannon? And we're very welcoming actually to US, British and even French uh, navies, aren't we? I mean, you see them in, in the Port of Cork often. Um, Putin is scouring Europe for one man, Oleg Gordievsky, a former KGB who spied for the UK, the naval exercise and the HSE hack. Um, has he found him? Um, says Pat. Uh, and then one or two more. What else is off the West Cork coast? Gas fields. If they're damaged, Russia has a monopoly on the gas supply in Europe. And one here, the Irish Navy should be asking the Russians if they could join them on the exercise next week. And a final one. Has uh, your caller lost his mind? Europe is the aggressor. Uh, Putin is part and parcel of the Russian mafia. He was weaned on the mafia when he worked with the mayor of St. Petersburg, and he was groomed to replace Boris Yeltsin. Putin is doing to Ukraine what Hitler did to Poland. And yet again, we in the West try to stop him with talking shops. It didn't work then, and it won't work now. Putin doesn't give a damn about any of us. He is the ultimate dictator and egomaniac. Text 0868-104-106. Meanwhile, back on terra firma, uh, back on land, to the north side of the city, uh, people send me video all of the time, things they witness. Um, and unfortunately, way too many of those videos either involve assaults, knife attacks... Uh, violent aggression against each other or indeed the paraphernalia of drug taking i'm talking about needles i'm talking about heroin if you could scream it from the if you could scream it from the from the rooftops whatever you do whatever you dabble in dabble in and none of it is good for you um in 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 too much quantity and of course i'm not even going to get into cocaine because that's gone through the roof the amount of cocaine use and distribution But whatever you do, never stick a needle in your arm because your life is literally over. It's not for everyone, but it's an incredibly hard battle to come back from heroin addiction. And that first needle um, makes all the difference between a happy life, and a very short life. We'll pick up on that after the break.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show, on Twitter, at Neil Red FM
1: Just very quickly, Derek, I did get your uh, right of reply email that you sent to me regarding non-national crime, and I will read it out. You're entitled to a right of reply, so I have that in front of me, and I'll do it in a few minutes' time from uh, last Thursday, perhaps Friday's programme. But, uh, as I was mentioning before the break, Barry, good morning. Out for a walk with the dog, as you usually do, is it?
11: Yeah, yeah, I was out for a walk with the dog, and uh, I was just walking up by Fair and ferris up the similar place. And mm-hmm. the dog, he stopped to have a sniff, and I looked down. I see the small little heroin spoon thingy, the tinfoil spoon. Yeah. And I looked around a bit more. I found then the I seen on the floor the the tubs that had the liquid be in. I'm not sure know what. That's the like that's is.
1: yeah, that's saline. A small little breakable tub. Yeah, yeah.
11: Yeah, there was a few packets of them, and then there was a needle as well next to it and everything.
1: You know, so all the drug parana- paraphernalia that would go with uh, heroin use. Yeah, but you see, I suppose th- that's the needle exchange. If 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 addicts don't get needle exchange, then they end up using dirty needles, I suppose. Uh, so there's loads of them around because they're so disposable. But you yeah. you were struck that this is in an area where you normally wouldn't see this kind of thing, is it?
11: That That's the thing, because I'm, I'm living up the north, I know, all my life, and I, I would see some of that around in some certain places, you know, like kind of hot spots for drinking you know, and stuff like that. But kind of up around now, you know, you'd never really kind of see it. And that was kind of the first time now I noticed it and that kind of estate there now where I was walking, there there'd be kids up around there all the time. There's a new estate gone in there with kind of young families as well, with young kids. I know a few of my friends' kids hang around there as well and play around there too, you know, it's just kind of it just wasn't nice to see, like you know. Yeah,
1: it's just on the it's it's literally on the edge of the footpath where people would be walking and going about their daily business. Yeah. But it's becoming so prevalent now. I mean you go into the city Particularly if you use any of the, the shortcuts through the different main streets, you'll see them. It's it's just it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And it's all very well that you passed it, but a child could on the way home from school.
11: That's the thing. Like a child would have picking that up, they would have think, "Oh, what's this?" and could have done something or brought it home or something like that. You know.
1: Yeah, and you'd be slow to you'd be slow to pick it up yourself. You know, it just like, like I guess that's, ultimately, that's, what what happens is it the city council pick it up or what?
11: I'm not too sure, no, I I didn't pick it up, but what I did was I put all of it together with my shoe, you know, kind of scraped it together with my shoe, I threw a few cans and a bit of rubbish that were there, up on top of it, just to kind of cover it out of sight of children that might be passing or anything like that, and hopefully maybe bin men or something like that will come along and be able to dispose of it.
1: It's just so regular, there's nowhere safe now anymore, it may have been that they used, do you think that they actually shot up on the side of the path or they threw it out the door of a window of a car?
11: Oh, no, this is, you have to walk up this, like, you wouldn't really gotcha. drive up yeah. this road yeah. with, unless you're living up there, you yeah. know, you you, yeah. you normally just walk up that way, so I'd say they just shot up, they seen the alleyway and they probably shot up there straight away, like.
1: And you also got to think, okay, because you have all of the drug paraphernalia that's littering our streets, but you got to think about the person who stuck that needle in their arm as well, don't you?
11: Oh, yeah, they could be in a, in a bad place, like, they could have ended up there not by choice, you know, but. I mean, it's uh, like, it's, it's, it's almost it's a denod. virtual death sentence, like. That's that's pretty much what it is, you know. I mean, if could just you, stop... You, you can't blame you can't blame them for it. But you know that there, there should be kind of things in place where they they, they should be able to go. Like they, they or wasn't there meant to be buildings made up there a few years ago where heroin addicts could go? Wasn't there? We're
1: still talking about it, and it's still not, a bit like the convention center or the conference center. We talk and we talk and we talk, but it's still not signed off, and they haven't got any yeah. closer to agreeing it. That would be. Um, literally uh, a walk-in injection centre somewhere in town where people will go in and be able to inject safely and get the proper kit to do it and have medical personnel to help them. Do you think that's a good idea?
11: Well, I, I kind of don't have a stance on it, really, because uh, I have my own views on it and I I uh, wouldn't like, share them on radio. Yeah. But, uh, but it would be nice if they had somewhere there where they could do it so that wouldn't be leaving stuff around, you know. A walk-in centre. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, something like a walk-in centre where they could just dispose of their stuff when they're finished with it. Yeah, because they
1: also say that a walk-in centre like that where somebody might go in and inject, they'd also be met in there by counsellors who might be able to convince them to try and quit, you know.
11: Yeah, yeah. That, that, that any help from really would be great for me. Like, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, listen. Thanks for sharing the video. I'm uh, anyway. uh, sure. I know it's everywhere. Listen. Thanks a lot, Barry. Thanks for taking the call, Michael. Good morning. All? Good morning.
12: How are you?
1: Where are you talking about?
12: Um, that's I'm talking about Poppins Field and Farnery, literally just around the corner from, Seminary from Seminary place. From Place. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just yeah, around the corner yeah. there. So,
1: um, is it your housing I, estate um, you're talking about, or is it a public park?
12: It's the park. It's the park just right across from the the church and Farnery. Um, but I'm finding I've been doing kind of um, regular litter pickups there in the park and I never found them for a long time and recently I'm starting to find them regularly, you know, that it's happening a lot like um they're they're constant you now almost.
1: You use a kind of to a doohickey to pick them up with don't you some sort of a hand clamp or something, is it?
12: Yeah, yeah, a little picker, you know. T- just picking Literal up rubbish paper. with, but um, originally I was kind of just popping them into the, the bin bag with everything else. Get rid of them. The, the one consolation with them is they all seem to have these uh, retractable needles in them now. So when you do find them, um the needle isn't sticking out of them, and once you inject the, the liquid into your arm, and the needle uh, gets thrown back oh, up into the tube. I know, I just so said, it's yeah. it's a little bit of a consolation, but um, <clears throat> I have a contact in the HSC, so when I do find them, for no one. Uh, contact him, and he comes up and takes them away. And do you find many? There, yeah, um, in the last kind of few months now, probably six or seven of them. They're around the perimeter of the park. And do you ever see anybody
1: stuff. shooting up? I mean, is it done discreetly on after dark or, or what?
12: I'd imagine. I've seen it once down near the, the Blackpool Shopping Centre, um, near Orchard Court, and there's a little kind of, it's like an uno- unofficial walkway uh like a shortcut through uh, along the river, yeah, I know. and um, like I, I just came upon because you had to kind of walk through some bushes to 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 get to where you're going uh, that way along the river, and there was a person just shooting up right in front of me. I had to kind of discreetly kind of go around them and carry on my way. Like I know, I you know, know. It's, it's happening. It's it's actively happening, uh, but in the park it seems that it might be someone that is happening at night, and then they throw they throw the stuff over the. The fence, you know, you drink yeah. bottles and things like that. They get thrown out, so it's not happening in the park, but it's happening outside, and then they get thrown in over the fence. And were you
1: saying that just finally, was, it, was there a period when it was very quiet and it wasn't happening or something?
12: Well, the thing is, I, I wasn't. I never noticed them before, and I was confident that there wasn't any in the park. And I'm just saying recently, it seems that it, it's, it's regularly. and it nearly takes for granted I could go my door and I'll walk up and down the hill or do a lap of the park, and I'll probably find one, you know.
1: It's just a sad world we live in. So, so, so sad. Yeah, yeah. It's but horrible. Listen, it, it, absolutely horrible. You know, but at least you're doing something positive about it. You're using the litter picker to tidy it up.
12: Yeah, and there is a contact in the head. You see He is very good. He'll come out and he'll he'll take it away for me. Gotcha. Again, I, I, initially I wasn't sure what to do with them, but I didn't want to leave them there, you know, especially know. inside the park. And when you're conscientious,
1: um, in fairness to you, you're good.
12: Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you so your own You know, something be done of it, or, you know, again. Like, there has been talk of, you know, injection centers. Something has to be done because, you know, they can't be left lying right, around. It's it's not safe for anybody.
1: But w- would people use the injection center, I wonder? Percentage I know, I of them, know. perhaps, but I wonder yeah, how many. I have
12: no idea. Yeah, I don't know the mindset of these people. You know, you know, a lot of them are kind of lost causes. But, you know, I'm sure wherever they get their needles or wherever they get... Um, whatever they use, you know, if it was made mandatory, look, you can have the needles, you can have the safe place, but you you must come here and do it. I, 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 I honestly don't... Or like you it must get your longer.
1: needles from the safe place. You know what I mean? Yeah, you
12: get them from the safe place, or, yeah. you know, if you get one, you have to bring it back before you get them. I, I'm not sure. I really wouldn't know how All right. to... Alright, listen, out, but I understand. Listen, first The fact so. they have them, yeah. and, yeah, they have them, and they can just you know, freely, you know, dump them wherever they want I know what you're saying. So it's I know it's you're a saying. problem for
1: everyone. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for taking the yeah.
12: call. Look after yourself. Cheers. Thank Text
1: 0868 104 106. People are getting in touch uh, by, it's on my Instagram page. It was telling you about the numbers and stats of people who set up new businesses. Some of them would be tiny, others would be big multinationals, but a huge amount of them, like year on year, something nearly 20% more businesses were set up. I gave you the, the numbers and the figures earlier on this morning and i was saying if you've set up a new business get in touch with me on my own instagram page uh, and i'll give you a shout out here's one that we we did actually mention before um, and it's great to hear that they're thriving set up during the pandemic and that's heather's business she says my name is heather since the pandemic started i began making my own cruelty-free lip balms lip scrubs and natural dog treats I sent in some to you. You certainly did. And thank you for them. I'd appreciate it if you could mention my Instagram page. Vegan is the new black. Thank you, says uh, Heather. And she set up her own company during the pandemic. So did Ryan. He joins me by phone. Ryan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, my man, you got, uh, let's say, 100 seconds to tell us about your new business that you set up during um, the pandemic. 2020, during the height of COVID in November of 2020, what was it?
10: That's right. So November 2020, I set up an engineering supplies company specializing with stainless steel products. So I'd have customers from construction to engineering, industrial, boat builders, hospitals, you name it, I have it. So basically, I do site delivery. So there's no downtime. So the companies aren't losing money by sending staff out to source the products. Yeah. So no matter what they want, really, I have it and they get it the next day.
1: And did you see a gap in the market that you decided 100%, to hundred
10: percent yeah. There was too much money being lost sending guys out in traffic to get products coming back there could be an hour gone. So they ring me and they'll have it the following morning or same day.
1: So not only do you have it, you'll deliver it as well. Tick tick.
10: I have it, I deliver it and I source it. So at the moment I seem to be doing more silicone than engineering products because companies can't get it. Whereas I can get you Five, ten, twenty 10, 20 pallets of with a day's noise. <laughs> and how difficult was it to set up at
1: such a, huff, at such a tough time?
10: Um, it was pretty hard. So we put in our savings for a deposit for a house into it, myself and my girlfriend. And we just dived straight into it. I had a lot of contacts already, but now it's word of mouth. I don't have a website, don't have Instagram page, anything like that. It's all word of mouth.
1: Isn't it's it amazing that, uh, and did anyone kind of say to you, you're crazy, wait 12 months, this is not the time to be opening a new business?
10: A lot of people said that, but it is incredibly hard. I'm on the road since 5 o'clock this morning, I'll be back at about 8 tonight. But the hard work is done now. So, well yeah, done, man. Drive on, keep well done.
1: well done, Yeah, listen, I'm going to give you a shout out, that's LeMass Engineering Supplies.
10: Yeah, based out in Bishopstown in Cork. So how do
1: people get in touch with you?
10: They can call me on 0876025025 or email me at ryanatlamass.ie
1: I love that short email, at ryanatlamass.ie Congratulations, you, may you go from strength to strength. Thank you for that, Neil. Cheers, pal. Happy to help Brian. All the best.
0: Calling Red FM Studio?
1: Call the new number 0818104106 and you can also text 0868104106 lots of different texts and I'll come back to them So actually somebody texting what in the name of God do the builders in Cork need all of that silicone for <laughs> well I'm assuming the silicone isn't to correct bad workmanship or to fill in gaps or holes or stuff that doesn't meet up Or joints. I imagine it must be to seal bathrooms or whatever it is they do, you know, sealing the bathtub or sealing the showers and the shower tray and things. All of that silicone. Anyway, text O eight six eight one oh four one oh six. Pick up the phone on our brand new phone number, O eight one eight. 104, 106. <clears throat> a lot of stuff then with regards to anxiety about newborn babies. And we spoke about a newborn baby this morning, born just out of the Frankfield roundabout area there. 226 euro is the cost for the full Angel Care set. You get the camera, the blanket, everything. It is well worth it from monitoring your It's Moved on from the old days of the baby monitor. One next to the baby, the other one or the other one in your own room. Uh, Morning, I gave up being a mom, something I dreamed of all my life as I had anxiety about kids before I had kids. I used to panic about not being able to afford food. I used to panic about not being able to afford clothes, um, schooling, etc. I panicked for years about it and I figure I wouldn't be able to be a mom because of the anxiety. So I think this is what is meant for me, not to be a mom. Morning, I always used to raise the two back legs of the cot with books. My son used to vomit after his feed and I always had a fear that he would choke in his sleep. I couldn't put a pillow in the cot, hence the books under the two back legs of the cot. Thank you for those. And then on the COVID bonus, fair enough. Healthcare workers getting a bonus, but why should it be tax-free? Any bonus the average person ever gets for going further than the line of duty is halved due to tax. Why should there be any difference? In regards to the tax-free €1,000, all vaccinators and people who are doing testing are not getting the payment. It's only if your HSE staff... Uh, Working in hospitals are members of the army at vaccine centres. I don't want to burst the bubble, but have you heard? There's a new variant of concern coming out of Denmark. Keep masked up, people, says Mary Jane. We're always bursting bubbles, aren't we? Actually, there's a funny text saying, you know, this is I suppose is to do with. Okay, this would be like a text based on the fact that many people are saying, oh, we shouldn't be opening up. It's too soon. We need to keep the masks. We need to keep the unvaccinated outdoors. Um, oh, we shouldn't be giving t- bonuses to people who worked in healthcare. Taxter says, lads, if you gave Cork people free bars of gold, someone will complain it's too heavy. Cork is a country of mourners. Sorry, not mourners, moaners, my apologies. And as to whether or not there should be hugging and handshaking going forward, I think that hugging would be more dangerous than a handshake as it's an airborne virus. I don't know. I don't know. It's like a, you're, you're going to have to get used to all of these things we used to do before, including hugging, shaking hands, having idle conversation, gossip, even, as the fellow said earlier this morning, learning to dance again so you don't look like Bambi on a dance floor. Anyway, Keith, good morning. Morning, Neil. Okay, you just wanted to pick up on the regularity of people shooting off and leaving their paraphernalia on view. Go ahead.
13: Yeah, um, well, I gone back maybe about a year ago. There, I was coming down the side of Penny's there inside in uh, Cork City. I know it. I saw this uh, this young couple. I'd say one was about maybe seventeen years of age, very very pretty girl, now, and the guy good looking uh, couple. Um, uh, what I witnessed, I was walking along, and the, the, the poor guy was after shooting something into his arm, and. The girl um, sat down on the footpath, uh, dropped her trousers a small bit and just got the needle and stuck it into her, in her inner thigh or some part of her leg anyway and administered whatever whatever they were, they were sharing. But
1: Sharing the, the same needle is like what way. you're saying as well as everything else. Yeah. Share,
13: yeah, 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 exactly. And, you know, to see that, like, in, in the middle of, of Cork City is... Not alone soul destroying, but it's 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 uh, it's a scare for you know what parents are not able to see what their kids are doing out there as well. Like you know, fair enough, they, they try to educate educate them well and you know bring them up in a good homestead and stuff like that. But you know, when they go out the door, it's it's the worry of every parent. Like what 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 is my child getting up there? They safe? Are they in good company? And you know, you just don't know, and certainly looking at people at that age bracket, like seventeen—now, that that's a rough estimate—but I would say that you know that there's younger doing it as well as older um, and people that are that, that are at, the, at that. And you extent, you guess, you're saying bad. that
1: they were that they were certainly under 18?
13: 100 percent,
1: without a shadow of a doubt. How yeah? did they get to that situation so fast in their life?
13: I don't know Neil I don't know and both of them seemed very well dressed and stuff not saying that you know I'd be looking at people and condescending or, or No I, the I actually I, understand be,
1: the reason you're saying that in fairness to you I you understand know,
13: yeah. it, they, looked, they looked very very presentable and respectable and uh, the girl had you know very well um, kept hair And, 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 and also
1: looked. in the knowledge that it was in broad daylight and they had no compunction whatsoever the fact that people would be walking past them, seeing what they were doing.
13: Absolutely, absolutely. No. Like, it, it was just off, off Patrick Street, like, down where, where Pennies is there, and, and uh, the, the AID and, and Patrick Street, the street joining the South Mall.
1: We don't have like a grip a on this, um, you know. We just don't have a handle on it. Full stop. No,
13: I don't think we do. I don't think we do. And I suppose, look, I suppose the cops have enough on their place dealing with whatever they're dealing with, you know, but certainly there needs to be more more of a presence in town, whether it be people that are helping um, drug addicts or people that are, you know, experimenting with drugs and stuff and get get it across to people, that you know, the pitfalls of... of
1: oh, um, I know it. And you know what? I've spoken in the stuff. past to people who came through this, got out the other side, went to, say, the likes of Brewery, got clean, you know, three or four months later, they were good to go. They went into a kind of a stop down for a little while and then they were ready to get on with their lives. And they literally had to leave Cork because the same temptations yeah. were there. The same people trying to peddle drugs were there. And they knew that unless they left, someone, last time I spoke to a guy, he went to Wales. They just completely yeah. changed their environment. It's that bad.
13: Yeah, it is. It is it is very bad. And whatever about the the, the the drug peddling and stuff like that, like there's there's like a subculture of it as well, Neil, where you know, it's cool to take the drug. Well, I'm not saying that it is and I'm not you know, pushing it up there to, to say that it is cool. But once they take it, like, uh, as you were saying in your, your program a while ago, like, the first hit is probably, you know, the worst or the best of your life. But the minute that you administer that into your body, the like, you're gone. You're made, gone down that yeah.
1: hole. But I don't even see it, it as being it. cool, you know. I mean, you might say yeah. that about a cannabis joint. You might even say mm. that it's becoming cool, acceptable, and it's just a, you know, a social arm of going out now to take cocaine. You know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah, that it maybe. is, but it, it is a very socially acceptable, it is a very socially acceptable narcotic now. But yeah, injecting yeah. heroin into your arm is none of, there's nothing funky or sexy about that.
13: No, absolutely not. And I wouldn't condone that. But like what I'm saying is like guys that are doing it and girls that are doing it, they're like, "Asher, look, what else are we going to do? We take more drugs. You know, I suppose a lot of it has to do with society as well. What's there for the kids? You know, is there amenities there? I know during lockdown there was a lot of stuff closed off and people couldn't go to the cinema or go for a cycle outside the 5K thing, which is also playing into that, you know, people pushing people back and um, saying, look, what else can I do? Sure, I'll take drugs. You just don't know what's That's going on behind, yeah. the, behind the scenes and stuff. But yeah. it, it's, it is scary, and it's it's getting more and more noticeable in the city. You go into town now after 5 p.m., and you can see junkies all over the city. You're watching your back. You're watching your phone in your hand. You know, certainly elderly people and stuff, they're probably afraid to be even walking in town or getting off the
1: bus doing their day-to-day things. Like, can you, can you uh, can blame them? Can you blame them? You see no, them. No, I see them. I'm in not. town a lot. I see no, it. No, no. No, no, like but the, you know, look, need, some of them look like the walking dead.
13: Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, Neil, I suppose going back to their background, you don't know what they're dealing with either. And I'm not saying, look, I feel sorry for them in got love us and stuff. I, you know, they need help. But certainly the society that's out there, people do need to, you know, watch out for each other. And I suppose there needs to be some kind of a policing... Um, um, Format go into um, full swing straight away and say, "Look, we need to tackle this. Let's single it out. We need to do more patrols and stuff." People are actually starting to not feel safe in their own cities, and also the there, people about.
1: are people have very much. This has happened years back. People have found it normalised and almost acceptable to see this now. You know, yeah, you become, yeah, yeah. You become true, to said. it
13: yeah, as I said there a while ago, like it could be hip and it could be trendy with some of the some of the the groups of um, kids and, and adolescents and teenagers and adults and stuff. And you know, once you go down that that dark green, then that's that's a no. Yeah. Well, it's I won't say it's down. not a, a no a way return situation but there is uh, good cases come out of it as well but it's a hard road but it's just the sad state of affairs to see it happening on the main thoroughfares of the city what's happening in the rural parts of Ireland that we can't see and people
1: are isolated you know what I mean. Mm, good point. Thank you Keith. Appreciate you know, oh, it. Thanks for no coming man, on here. Take care of yourself. No, hassle. Text 0868104106 oh. Cheers. D- Derek was on the air last week and he was talking about, uh, and I will be revisiting if I get an opportunity, some of the emails and texts that I didn't get to regarding the death and how unsafe our streets are for women and the death of Rachel Murphy. But he was saying that we weren't addressing the amount of crime that was being committed in this country by people who were coming in from overseas now. It's a caveat to this, let me say, we need people to come into Ireland just like Irish people need to and wish to go overseas. We need them to come in and work to be part of our workforce and in return then to be net contributors to society. Get all of that. Uh, We also need them to uh, have families and children themselves. We need that. That's important for the species and that we need to integrate more and more. Um, We are human beings after all. But he was saying there was way too much crime coming into the country from those who were coming in from overseas. So he made some interesting points, but not everybody was happy with what he had to say. So he came back by email. He says, I had hoped to speak to you last week, but it seems we both had a busy day. So I decided, this is as a right of reply, to put an email together to address the fact check you mentioned in regard to my challenge in finding the number of non-nationals versus Irish Committed murders in this country. I didn't get a chance to write down the numbers you called out, but I did notice a breakdown online, and we'll go with those numbers. I believe it was, you mentioned, Neil, 38 murders committed in 2021, six of those being committed by non nationals. Derek says, My first point would be, and I know I didn't make this clear on the phone the other day, non nationals make up, depending on where you look, about 12% of the population. If that group is committing more than 12% of crimes, then they are disproportionately representative in the figure. 6 out of 38 is roughly 16%. But it doesn't end there. How many of those remaining murders were committed by naturalised citizens? Ireland has taken in many thousands of people in the last 20 years, many of whom have become citizens in the meantime. But does that mean that they are ethnically Irish? I hold a Canadian passport. But I was born and reared in Ireland. Should Canadians feel shame for a naturalised citizen committing a heinous crime in their country? In the past few weeks, four non-national men have made news headlines in this country for alleged attacks on women. A woman sexually assaulted in a park near Fromoy, in November. Moldovian man charged. A Jordanian man charged with murdering his wife on Christmas Eve in Wicklow. An Angolan man ordered to leave the country after serving sentence for assaulting two women. Uh, and, of course, we have poor Ashling Murphy, whose life was cut short before she had a chance to even experience it. I heard some of your callers branding me a racist after our call. But what is racist about pointing out facts? In a segment uh, of a few weeks, we can point out four different dangerous, well, alleged dangerous criminals that have been scrutinized by pro- properly that ha- that had they been scrutinized properly before they entered the country may not have been here in the first place and these horrible crimes would not have been committed how many more women need to be attacked or killed before you restrict access to our borders and treat our country as we do our own houses i see helen McIntyre in attendance at ashley murphy's funeral i'm sure she hopes the publicity will work wonders for her but we shouldn't forget that it's our department that deals with asylum cases and we are waiving the checks and balances needed to ensure our country doesn't permit dangerous criminals entry. She is at the moment in the process of permitting 17,000 illegal aliens permission to remain in the country indefinitely. 17,000 people who we know nothing about, who illegally entered our country and are now being given amnesty to remain Do gestures like this make my family and yours safer? Thanks for reading out my email. I think in recent years, Irish media has taken a nosedive into the crap in the effort to prove who is the wokest, regardless of the truth but I still hold out a little hope for you. Kind regards, Derek. And then he sends me copies of all of the different um, crimes that he references and all of the different court appearance that he references, and I thank him for it. Thank you, Derek. That was by email to neil at redfm.ie. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now, 86 810 Red FM. I'm not sure whether this text is meant as a joke or serious. I think it might be serious. I had a few people say to me when I was out and about at the weekend, Neil, to be careful and to mind myself in case something happens to me. Maybe we should turn the tables on men when they're leaving the house and ask them to try not to assault any women. But Derek, I did read out your right of reply, but it doesn't go that there hasn't been any pushback with regards to my conversation with you regarding non-nationals. Taking issue with a few of Derek's comments, young women are suffering from men's comments all of the time. I'm stunned, quite frankly, a lot of young women hate going to work. Not so sure that that's directed towards uh, Derek in any way, shape or form, incidentally. But uh, another person says, I agree with Derek. We don't know who we're letting into this country. Our Irish men are being targeted. While the real issue is who the government is letting in with no proper checks. They should be held accountable for attacks on our women. Not interested in coming on air, Cicilline. But you don't reference any of the people who were born here, who grew up here, who are Irish citizens, who attacked, raped, murdered or stole. Um, that guy who referenced migrants coming into the country referred to the women in Afghanistan as their women. Straight away, it shows his bias. Personally, I think you gave him too much airtime. Well, you're entitled to your opinion. Um, I, I welcome all and I'll pull up and check and uh, try and get as much balance into everything as I can. Um, but I'm not going to engage in over over-censorship, uh, over-censorship on the air. Get your man off the air. He's been blaming foreigners for everything and refusing to accept Our responsibility His discriminatory views should not be aired. It's the likes of him that are the reason Ireland is the way it is. How many women have emailed in their stories of being afraid to walk anywhere without being harassed and being followed? All of this has gone over his head. He seems like he has something he needs to defend, maybe his own behaviour. No, that's not fair in any way, shape or form. He's as entitled to his opinion as, as you and I. And also, there have been cases in the past where people who did come into Ireland, we found that down in West Cork, from countries where there seems to have been no checks or balances, particularly on one individual who had murdered his own wife in the country he came from. I don't think anybody would think that he should make a decent citizen to allow into the country after something like that. Just wondering, does anyone remember the Scissor sisters in Dublin who viciously murdered their mother's boyfriend? Um, Women are also capable of vicious crimes and also abusing men. Maybe not as often, but it does happen. Uh, The man you had on talking about immigrants is just so correct. A lot of other countries do not respect women the way we do here. And it's not only some Muslim countries. I spent time in South America And I was constantly stared at, beeped at, whistled at, catcalled, touched in nightclubs. And there are a lot of them being led in here. Only recently they legalised 25,000 immigrants because they don't have the manpower to process them. Boom! 25,000 new Irish citizens. Absolutely nothing about it on the news. I think any man who can attack and beat a woman needs the harshest, harshest of punishment. But they just don't get it. There isn't enough of a deterrent. But also, I don't believe that these murdering psychos are just friends with the lads and in the WhatsApp group making jokes about hurting women, as the narrative right now suggests. Because normal, nice, kind and respectful men do not want to be friends with these kind of people. Change needs to happen at the level of punishment. Change needs to happen at the level of prosecution. Thank you for those. And. Uh there are many, which I will come back to tomorrow and across the week. Morning, I was on a bus traveling down Patrick Street Sunday around 2 p.m., sat upstairs with my son. The bus was stopped, and whatever way I looked out the window, there were two fellas sitting on the ground, another leaning over them. And the fella standing was digging one of the other guys into the face, punch after punch after punch, right next to boots on Patrick Street. That's where they sleep. I had to cover my son's face, he was terrified and people walking past with kids as well. It's a disgrace. We should be able to enjoy taking our kids to town, but how can we when they have to look at that kind of carry-on? There's also a fight in town there recently. Some fella sent me on the video of it. Not the actual fight, but the fight was a fight was a fight until one of the guys fighting pulled on a knife and slashed your man's palm wide open with the knife. So that's what you're dealing with. That's what you're dealing with. There you go. Whatever you're having yourself. Malcolm, good morning. Good morning. I, I, I'm mad keen to hear about all of these old phones that you want to chat about. When we say old phones, what are we talking about?
13: Well, an old Nokia. I don't know the model number, but it's about
1: 12 years old. All right, not too old, but it, it's one of the ones that doesn't have any Wi-Fi or you can't no. Google on or anything. You don't need all that, no. Not when you're out walking down the street, there. And, is that, and that's your phone, is it? A, what is it? A Nokia what?
13: I don't know. It just says Nokia. Yeah, the I know. But
1: there's loads of different models and I'm not great on the model. I remember one of them was a Nokia 2210. It had a battery that would go on for a fortnight kind of thing.
13: Oh, yeah. The battery goes on for ages. <laughs> okay. My kids are charging their batteries every 20 minutes. <laughs> they get in, in the plugs. They go, if we go out
1: for a meal, they have to... Bring a, a charge. They're looking a for. They're looking for a socket next to their hotel, their restaurant yeah. table. Yeah. <laughs> not our Malcolm, though.
13: Ah. No, no, Malcolm, Grumpy okay. Uh,
1: you can't get scammed then, because if somebody tries to scam you, well, no one's
13: can...
1: going to scam me. <laughs> no scamming me. They can't catch it because you can't access your bank account or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have much joy there anyway
13: and uh, are you
1: happier with just the basic phone? I mean you can text well, can uh, you?
13: Yeah, I've got an iPad that I use at home send emails if I need to send an email for something but I don't use it much, I'm a dinosaur really <laughs> but I'm happy
1: enough to I don't know about a dinosaur, you could well be the smart one you know uh. Uh, well, I like to think, I try and tell everybody that, yeah. And tell me this, does it cost you much a month, Then do you pay credit or what?
13: Yeah, I just buy a 20, 20 um, euro credit uh, per month, but it, I, it, invariably that runs over anyway. Right? Um, it'll go over <laughs> uh, 10 days over the, the time, because you get free calls and free texts to Vodafone numbers.
1: So for that you can call anywhere in the world unlimited not a bother 20 euro a oh, month. No anywhere in anywhere in Ireland. You I bet you'd be surprised let's say you've international calls as well you know. Oh
13: when I'm when you're a roaming yeah.
1: No I think you might have 100 minutes free international Malcolm you want to check it you might have a friend in Australia.
13: Well I've got, yeah, I've, got, oh, I've, got a, I've got a brother in Australia. But, um, and I've got kids in Ireland uh, in England which, um, no i never thought of that. I'll do that I'll take your advice
1: for once I wonder are there many people out there still back in the very old Nokia or Motorola days because you don't have to worry about upgrading your phone or the screen breaking or no. you know getting the latest model that could cost you 1200 euro just to upgrade it people are slaves to them
13: Absolute slaves. Well, I, I think in the time now I've had this, my kids probably had about five phones each. <laughs> we
1: got buckets of phones <laughs> <laughs> and bits of wires and all sorts. And Malcolm, do they ever threaten to buy you a better phone? It's not a better phone. I shouldn't say that. Oh, yeah,
13: my uh, my missus went out <clears throat> last year and she sneaked down to um, she sneaked down to. Um, um, <laughs> he on to get 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 me a phone and I knew she was getting me something and I I said I hope you're not buying me a phone she said oh, I already got it I said take it back <laughs> <laughs> she took it back did she? <laughs> yeah. oh my god she <laughs> never spoke to me for two days well
1: right. you're not at all tempted at this beautiful shiny thing in the box that you just well, had to I have am, it
13: I am now they've got you've got to have a covid pass and um to fly anywhere, so if I want to go back to England to see my grandchildren, which I haven't seen for two and a half
1: years. Oh, for God's sake. Print it off. Just print it off. Yeah, yeah, no, I
13: know. You could do that, but it'd be, probably be a lot easier to
1: carry it on the phone. Ah, uh, don't do it, Malcolm. Don't no, surrender. Okay. Stay. Stick to your guns. <laughs>
13: <laughs> I'm a bit disappointed you never got your hair cut in the Baldy Barber's. A, I know, him, I know, him through band and It's a long
1: to. time. So you know what? It's a long time since I got my hair cut in the Baldy Barber's. I think
13: if, his eyesight's
1: probably gone. Well, you know? I don't know, but I don't think the Baldy Barber would ask me if I was an OAP like your man did yesterday. <laughs> Oh my God, I love it, I love it. So you won't, you're not going to give in, you're going to stick to your guns, you're going to stick with the Nokia until it gives up the ghost or bursts into flames.
13: (laughs) Or um, I drop it down the toilet. (laughs) It probably would work. I did, I did actually drop it down the toilet, but I managed to catch it before it hit the axle bottom and caught oh it in
2: the wall. I love it, I love it. You're yeah.
1: the smart one, pal. You're the smart. And you've got, you've got, what have you got, a box full of all of the kids' phones?
13: Oh, yeah, yeah. they are all bits and pieces, you know, broken screens and... and uh, you could have... The,
1: yeah, and just phones that they upgrade. You could have the last laugh. Just bring that box of phones down to... Phones for a you or one of these cash converters. Throw it up on the counter and get free money for them.
10: <laughs> Sell you, them. Do they take them back? Sell them,
1: yeah. Sell them all, pal. Yeah. There's, there's money in that box. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Malcolm. Cheers. Take care.
13: Thank you. It's nice to talk to you, you rather too. than swe- rather than swearing at you at the r- when I'm swearing at you at the radio.
1: Are you another one of these people that curses at me? Yeah. Oh yeah, shout at the radio, you and uh, Joe Duffy and. <laughs> well, if you're shouting at Joe Duffy as well, I'm in good company. Thanks, Malcolm. <laughs> Cheers. Good luck. Bye. Last word. About of time, guys. Just last word, Frank. Morning, Neil, how are you? Good, my man. What's on your mind this morning? <laughs> that
6: was that's all paid the same as Joe Duffy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no. You if know you the wanna, way If you
1: want to think that, that's fine by <laughs> <for> me. <laughs>
6: <laughs> you, know, you know the way that they're building loads of cycle lanes, our own cock. Oh, my God. Uh, can I just
1: say something? You have to be so careful on the mall now. Because there's the cycle- Street, there's force. No, but hold on a second. I'll tell you why I'm saying this, and I won't hog your time. On the mall, okay. if you're coming out of the side lanes off Morrison's Quay or anything, you're literally driving your car into two lanes of cycling. So they're going both ways. Someone's gonna, Someone on a bike's going to get killed there.
6: Well, I mean, if you're up, up past the quartos, if you're crossing the road at the traffic lights, you're crossing the traffic lanes... And then you have to cross the cycle lane without even noticing it's there. That's what I'm,
1: yeah, it's similar to what I'm saying. There should be flashing, there should be a flashing light on the mall for traffic to stop. Someone's going to get killed off a bike.
6: There is, but what I would say to the council is they should also add an extra lane at the edge of the footpath for people whose heads are stuck in their phones
10: that
1: too oh my god I but saw I mean, a guy yesterday w- on a bike having to shout and ring the bell at a fella head stuck in the phone middle of a cycle I've,
6: I've seen it numerous times even even, even crossing traffic not that traffic lights and they're just walking across their head is stuck in their phone because um, they're, they're, so they're, sh-
1: they're kind of sharing aren't they you see the bridges where pedestrians if you go over the bridge by city hall those bridges are shared with bikes and pedestrians sorry paths. yeah
6: they are yeah. and I mean it's, it's mad somebody is going to get killed like. Yeah. but I mean t- it's crazy I mean they should all go back to the Nokia so i am convinced <laughs> that but the uh, last but conversation it, are,
1: are you pro bike bikes in the city are you, po- are you pro the cycle lanes
6: um, in certain areas I think they've put into many of them I mean they've, they've they've put a cycle lane all the way from we say the end of McCurton Street up to Dylans Cross there's not a hell of a lot of people know and this was done pre-electric bikes there wasn't a hell of a lot of people who could physically <laughs> cycle that hill like
1: <laughs> they could of course if you said Patrick's hill I'd say something you'd easily well, cycle I mean, up to Dylan's Cross with gears
6: well uh, <laughs> maybe you wouldn't oh <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have done it when I was 15, 16 but I mean they, they, okay they, the electric bikes actually are the worst of them. why? They're, they're deadly things Neil. I mean not naming any companies, but I know what you're talking about. They're ignoring traffic lights. They don't realise that there is a cycle lane because they'll cycle on their Excuse
1: me, it. I have an electric bike and I don't go through any red
6: lights. Neil, there are always very competent people out there. I didn't
1: say I was competent, I said
6: I didn't go through red lights. <laughs> well, I mean, people who are rushing around to make their few Bob. Yeah, they have to oh, make Oh, this their is the
1: drivers. Here we go again. The poor fellas uh, in the bikes well, trying to get your food home to your hot.
6: <laughs> but if they if they turn up with it but um, they're um the <laughs> <laughs> an awful lot of them are just they need to be brought down somewhere and taught how to the they the they compl- but, but. A
1: lot to completely ignore the rules of the road and the lights. Got to go, Frank.
6: Appreciate the okay, call. Neil, have, nah, a have a good, good day. Take we'll care.
1: pick it up in the morning. That and everything else besides, including those of you. Uh, Malcolm calls himself a dinosaur because he's got an old Nokia. I think he may well be the smartest one of us. But if you have old phones and are still using them, we'd love to hear from you. Text 0868104106. Have a good day.